Hey gang, Steve from Streaming Things here. Just letting you know that throughout the episode, there will be spoilers for all of the older Fast and the Furious movies. So the Fast and the Furious through Fate of the Furious, there are spoilers abound as we discuss the franchise. However, uh, we will have a spoiler-free review of Fast 9. Uh, towards the end of the episode, you can find time codes in the show notes if you want to skip right to there to find out what we thought of of the latest installment in the Fast and Furyverse. So I uh, hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you. Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Special edition. It is. Octane. High octane edition. Fast things. Nos. Nos edition. We just watched 10 Fast and Furious films. And I put too many T's in that. I'm not sure why. Probably all the Fast and Furious. It's, 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 It's representing all the crosses that you see in these movies. 10 Fast and Furious films. <laughs> Why did we do that? Because A, we hate ourselves. There's a, an element of masochism to this. Also, we wanted to do it for you, dear listener, because we thought it might. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? As Maximilius once said. Uh, so most of us had never seen hard, really none of the films, right? We had actually, in fact, I would say purposefully not seen them avoided them if you will i thought i had at least seen up to two and i was wrong i've seen the first one and i had seen it. the first I one seen in 2001 with my faja and i enjoyed it but ever since then like somewhere when i came out of my drunken stupor there was like four of them and i was like okay this is a blatant cash <laughs> grab i not just that i just was wasn't interested like there's no way there's any uh, merit to these films right because i was a snob mm-hmm. even though i was jobless Barely sober. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Got Funny him. story. Got him. Uh, whatever. So <laughs> I, I subsequently ignored every installment after that. Like, oh, my God, there's a seven. Um, so anyway, we know Fast Nine's coming out. So we think to ourselves, hey, let's just go back. We'll watch all of them. And then Steve's like, but Chris, there's only two weeks until Fast Nine comes out. Uh, and I'm like, fuck you, Steve. We, we, we have to do it for the content. Yeah, basically that. So we crammed them all in. In fact, I procrastinated and didn't start until three days ago. So I just watched You're 10 mad. films in 72 hours, which wouldn't be weird, except that they were all Fast and Furious films. <laughs> and I lost my grip on sanity. I now have NOS in my veins and a gas tank for a brain which is one of my favorite lines from the franchise. But here's the best surprise, dear listeners. We didn't hate it. Facts. That's a unanimous opinion, right? Overall, I had a great time. I was genuinely surprised how much I enjoyed them. So Fast Saga fans, you have recruited three new drivers to your family. I don't know if I would say three new drivers, maybe like an Ubered passenger in me. Like, hey, I'll show up. So you're more like the Ramsey character, the Natalie Emanuel character. I'm more like kind of sitting in the passenger seat. Show up three quarters of the way through and don't do it. Just hacking things. Who's the dude in the first movie that is like he's one and done? That's his one role. He's like, I'll get Letty to the hospital. And then he's never seen nor heard. Oh, the guy with like the soul patch and the stash. (laughs) Yeah, I'm that guy. (laughs) That is he's a very Steve guy. I don't know how to drive a stick, so I don't know if you can count me among the drivers. You know, I can get it around the parking lot. Yeah. Like if they just wanted me to park it at the car meet. I learned when I was like 14 and I, I haven't done it since. So I'm going to assume that I don't know how anymore. Hey, man, you don't need to learn stick shift to be a part of the family. All right. right? Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. 
It's all we care about here on this show is family. So what we're going to do, we got a different format. First, if you're new to the show, weird time to jump in. However, always a good place. Never too late, right? Yep. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to forego a crossing stream segment. We're going to forego a check the gate segment. We don't have time for that because all we did is watch Fast and Furious films. That's what we stream. That is the crossing stream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to talk about are the first nine installments of the franchise, including the uh, spinoff film Hobbs and Shaw. And then we're going to do a deep dive. Well, as deep as it merits, which is not very deep. Way less deep than than Vin Diesel falling in that uh, shaft uh, on Fast 9, the Fast Saga, and then wrap it up with overall thoughts, maybe rank the films, things like that. So you're in for a treat. We don't have any emails or anything like that to read. We don't have time for that. I do want to throw out, listener, that if you are unaware, there are timestamps in the show notes. So if you want to skip to our Fast 9 section, you can. I just want to let you know. Why would you want to do that? Why would you? I don't know. Because you hate yourself. Our listeners live life a quarter of a podcast at a time. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So they're not going to do that, Steve. However, uh, you can fast forward it maybe. That might be appropriate even. Yeah. Like just listen to it at like three times speed. Fast forward furiously. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to. If you want to. We did get some really great emails and stuff, but we're going to save them for next week. Uh, We might have a very special guest next week, but we won't talk too much about that. And um, that's all we have for the for the pre-show notes, I guess. Let's dive right in. Uh, Maybe we've already talked about our previous relationship with these films. Um, So I guess we can start right in at one and work our way through. I mean, well, overall, like, do you guys have any overall thoughts about like, yeah, because Chris, you, you, <laughs> you mainlined these in three days. I did. Andy and I, I think both of us took a more like we, we've saying the out out out. two weeks. Yeah. Uh, what was that process like for you guys? Just watching a, a, a 10 or a nine film franchise in just such a short amount of time. So I got as many of them out of the way as I could in the first couple days because uh, I have a lot of stuff going on in my life and I had time that I knew that I could dedicate to watching them. So I did. And then like the, the second half of them, I just watched as I was able to. Uh, so I didn't get as much of the marathon experience as I did for the first uh, four films. I watched four in the first day, which is a Watch lot of four in one day. I watched four movies in one day. That's a lot of fucking Fast and Furious for one day. Dang. Um, and so like the latter half of them kind of bleed together just plot wise. And the first couple installments really stand out as individual films. So I had more of a, uh, a, a what felt like a marathon experience where it felt like I was watching distinct movies, whereas the as the as the series goes on, it becomes more of a this is just chapters in a saga. You know, I, I think that the, isn't that the uh, the surname or whatever in the uh, the colon fast nine colon the, the fast the fast saga. saga. It's yeah. called the, the saga this time, mm-hmm. which is so weird because that should be like the collection DVD. You know what I mean? It's right. called the saga, <laughs> but they just decided to call nine. the saga. Oh, I think in true fast and furious form, it's just retroactively. Yeah. Dubbing it a saga. Uh, there's more retconning in this franchise than I've ever seen in anything ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's you, uh, you can't go 20 minutes in any one of these films once you get past three without tripping into a retcon. Yeah. <laughs> Which, good on them. I think they just kept being shocked. Hey, we're still making fucking money. Oh, no. People still like these? Well, how are we going to write ourselves out of this one? It doesn't matter, man. You know, <laughs> like that's the writer's No room. one sure. gives a shit about that stuff. Let's just have fun. Come on. All right. Uh, Steve, how was your experience? Because you were probably the one 
Uh, you had some some stories you wanted to regale us with with your experience running a movie theater and during Fast and Furious debuts. I believe you said you'd save it for oh, this episode, and you might yeah. have touched on it before. I know you've told at least one story about there, your fast period, but you were probably the one that hated it the most, or at least thought you did. Yeah, going into this, I I refused to see them for many years because, like like Chris mentioned, I worked at the movie theater for so long, and that. Especially the first few. Um, I, I mean, obviously now I think the the franchise has grown to be so huge and it's so mainstream now that everyone kind of likes it. But in the beginning, the early on movies are very much geared towards car heads, you know, car geeks, uh, people who are really, really into that, like drag racing, customize your car. And the, and the series has moved away from that a lot mm-hmm. over the years. So like that clientele was so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to like disparage people, but like it, I had a, a lot of rough weekends because of these movies, because people would come, come, come to the movie theater with their car engines and they'd be revving them in the parking lot. We'd have to call the police on people like get out of the fucking parking lot. You don't race in there. Uh, there was some, you wrecks. were dropping dimes. Yeah, man. You were snitching. I was narking. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I served my nickel. You come and take me. <laughs> um, but uh, like I like literally there is I think I mentioned this in the podcast but there was these guys doing donuts and this is around Tokyo Drift so drifting was all the rage was the drifting thing, was the so hard to do uh, so there were guys trying to do donut drifts in the parking lot and I remember like parking my car and just kind of watching them just like God I fucking hate these guys can they just leave oh please went in went into the theater to like grab something and then immediately walked out I think I was just picking something up and when I came out of the theater this, the guy that was drifting and spinning in circles had like spun over like one of those like medians that are in parking lots that have like trees and shrubbery and just totally fucked Fucked up the underbelly of his car by drifting right over that. And it was really, it was, oh, it was beautiful karma because, like, it's this guy who's like, oh, fucking car. Like, all of his dumb friends, like, oh, dude, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's like seven grand. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I went into this franchise probably the most jaded about watching them, but I quickly realized it's like, how much fun they are. I mean, they're not great movies, at least, well, most of them are not great movies. But there is an undeniable charm to them, especially in the first one. Uh, and then, like, they just kind of go from there. They, they do get better the further along you get into them. And then they probably get worse the, <laughs> the more recent ones. <laughs> right. But uh, there is this undeniable charm that once you get, like, like, if I had not sat down because of this podcast to watch it, I would have kept living my life going, like, I fucking watch those dumb movies. Are you kidding me? And I feel like I have grown as a person. I know. And your life would be that much worse. My life would be just an empty Corona bottle, you know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I had the same experience. I, I Again, I've always a car said. Car with no NOS. Sorry, I, I, <laughs> I liked the first film a lot. And I just thought it went off the rails after that. Um, but I kind of get it now. There's a few realizations that I had. And a lot of it was partially the exhaustion of watching them all back to back to back like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you would think it would detract from it. But I almost just like completely drank the Kool-Aid because of it. Like at some point about halfway through, like my wife's checking on me like, hey, you still got another fast movie? And I'm like, oh, babe, Han, you know, or whatever. Like, I'm just, and she's like, who? And I'm like, get out. You're wearing a wife beater and a chain necklace. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Fake silver dangling. I'm just curling like a 20 pound dumbbell. When did you shave your head? Yeah, right. 
<laughs> that's a different movie I was watching. It's got we're real weird. Um, but I just and I realized and this is going to be controversial, maybe. But it is no different than a Marvel movie. It is no different than the MCU. It's constantly interweaving, referencing itself. If you stop seeing these characters as human beings and start seeing them as superheroes with their own individual powers and like slightly developed personalities going on adventures where you know that for the most part they can't be harmed and the fun is seeing the stunts and uh, you know what kind of villain they're going to have to take down, it starts to become surreal and really fun. And if you're trying to view them as like, you know, sweat and blood and bone human beings that are supposed to have arcs and are completely fallible and and immortal, you're watching the movies wrong and you're going to be highly disappointed. Right. But if you're watching it like this is, you know, Thor Dark World, fuck it, you know, with cars. You pick the worst Marvel movie on purpose. <laughs> right. On purpose. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, remember that piece of shit? It's like that. <laughs> this is fun. Some of them are up there. You know, there is never an end game, but. Yeah, I, I would say some of them There's are a lot of Ant-Men. I saw somebody on Twitter last yeah. night comparing it to Endgame. Like this is the Endgame of Fast Nine, and I was like, "Wow, you are so fucking far off base. You're not even in the field." Like Jesus. Yeah, that's not an accurate take. <laughs> like we're on Earth, you're ludicrous up in space. It was yeah. Um, so, but overall, we'll, we'll get into nine. Eventually. Yeah, I had a surprisingly good experience. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's dive right in. So we start with uh, the Fast and the Furious, two thousand and one. Oh, you guys didn't watch the movie from the forties? That was the only. There's actually yeah, one from nineteen twenty nine and one or from nineteen thirty seven yeah. or something crazy. Um, so you guys hadn't seen this since since the early aughts or what? Correct. Yeah, I'd never seen it. So I, what did you think of the first film? Wow, did that age, you know, the, the, like, movie, the movie literally opened with a half full truck of TVs, night like 19 inch TVs with built in VCR players. And the guy saying, I got the money load here. You got to make the sure money that I load, get my baby. Cut. Like, <laughs> you couldn't give those away, dude. And they, they start talking about DVD players and how they're stealing those and stuff. I never saw a DVD player that entire movie. I think it was um, just in the one guy's shop. Yeah, the um, bad guys shop. I should say it was these all these characters. The story was created by Gary Scott Thompson, um, and the first film was directed by Rob Cohen. And I, I don't know if you guys know this, but it was co-written the screenplay by David Ayer. Oh no, shit! The very first yeah, one. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, but go on. I can see that. I, I really enjoy. So the first one is not. I don't think it's a good movie. I will never sit, stand here and say that it was a good movie. But I really, really enjoyed it. Because no, there is something so pure about how that movie has perfectly encapsulated the year 2001 <laughs> in its most distilled form. So if you've ever, if you're ever feeling nostalgic for 2001, pop in that movie and you were literally transported to a different time. Like there's, there's a scene where Dom and, um, uh, uh, Brian, Paul Walker's character, go into his house and they're having like a house party. Every single shot is like, wow, this is taking me back <laughs> to a different time. Like when I was a freshman in high school, like even Michelle Rodriguez is like on her stomach playing uh, 
uh, Gran Turismo on a PlayStation One. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! But uh, it's there's something so great, and that's good and bad because you got the the hilarious fashion. Like everyone's got the fucking Matrix sunglasses and uh, terrible jeans. Parachute pants are starting to parachute make a pants. Yeah, but then there's also like casually throwing the fa word, the homophobic mm. slur, but not in, not in a way that you know, people use anymore. But when people in 2001 were like, oh, you're being dumb, let me call you this word. Mm. And that's like one of the first thing that comes out. It's like, oh, this was a different time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> and I like, so I used to think, uh, because I, just to take it back again for the like the global perspective, but I used to think, it's strange that a lot of critics that I really admire actually applaud these films or this this franchise right like uh, i won't name any names but a lot of people think that before i watched these found dozens a, yeah dozens found great enjoyment and there's only maybe a hundred so that's actually selling something right yeah. <laughs> find great value in these films and i'm thinking because i haven't seen most of them it's isn't it just a bunch of uh misogyny and like because that's all i could remember and there's a lot of that oh yeah for um, sure. but it's almost like in a fun way it's like improv it's like you yes know? and <laughs> yeah it's fun misogyny is that a yeah. is that a thing oh there's 100 uh, i mean we were talking about this chris every single movie has the quintessential fast the furious shot is wherein if you're about to go when, when you go to the scene where they're about to have a race and there's like a bunch of people there's always the shot where it's just a woman's butt or two or two sometimes you get the two the, the four cheeks you know what i mean mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it just follows these butts <laughs> follow the cheeks for like 15 and then feet pan out and pan out to reveal the heroes or the crowd or and then smash cut to two chicks making out. Yeah. Because that's any good party has that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then two. smash cut to other scantily head women out. dancing. No, <laughs> I wish. God, I wish. I just love these these car show things where people are just standing next to cars dancing. dancing you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there, one of the movies, and they all kind of blur together eventually, but one of them, people are standing there dancing and like the soundtrack is playing. It's like, okay, they're vibing, they're vibing. And they're cut, vibing. And it cuts to like a wide <laughs> and the music cuts out and it's like conversation between two people and there's still people dancing in the background. They're like, yeah, let's go. It's like, there's no music happening. They're just like, all right, the extras. The, no, hundred percent, man. Thing. I, but I actually, that's what I mean about when I drank the Kool-Aid, because by like the fifth film, like when the car meetup happens that, you know, the quintessential and the cheeks go on Brace screen wolves. and the music drops. I'm like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm here for it. Hope they race. He's going to win. Dom's going to win. Like, I'm in. I'm in. Like, he's who never cares? lost. Never going to lose. <laughs> yeah. He's never lost. Never going to lose. Hit that Nas. Oh, you did it too early. Like, that's the thing, right? You know, when you do it too early, you're done. Um, but so I actually, again, I still think the first movie is a good film. Uh, first off, Ja Rule's in it. Do you remember him? Monica! <laughs> That's all I remember about him in that movie. And there's the line, streets closed, pizza boy, find another way home, which is, I mean, what's more quotable than streets closed, pizza boy, which is your favorite character, Steve. The guy that never shows up again after this oh, film man. is the one that says that. <laughs> pizza boy. Um, so, so there's there's this weird thing that happens in the first one that I was hoping would carry over it and the, and the rest. So we, we've alluded to it earlier the the whole like you could have any beer you want as long as it's corona like that's like one of the most quotable parts of that movie so there's that scene where vin diesel says that the very next scene it's it's uh paul walker at the like police 
house and they make a big deal at the police house be like you want an iced uh cappuccino you decaf. want an iced cappuccino decaf oh let's get decaf and they get hilarious fucking mugs big frothy beautiful mugs <laughs> big frothy mugs of iced decaf cappuccinos I, and all these cops are drinking i thought that was gonna be i a think big thing. it's like, supposed to be like the cool guys are drinking coronas and the pigs are drinking yeah. iced decaf cappuccino. You know I, what I mean? I thought one of these movies are like there's two types of people in this world. People who drink Corona and people who drink decaf cappuccino. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm alcoholic. <laughs> there's at least three. Uh, no. Yeah. But I, I think there's a lot of good stuff about this movie. You know, the first one, um, there's it's basically I had this realization watching it. Holy shit. This is basically point break with a with a happy ending and everybody knows point breaks a really good fucking movie right like it's the the cop that infiltrates and then actually becomes really tight with the the leader of the criminal pack uh except we don't have the you know spoilers for point break doesn't end well right at least if you wanted them to be happy best friends forever uh which i did uh, blind, in the air. Blind, <laughs> yeah. blind spot never seen point break wow all yeah. right that's an important one yeah. so this movie's basically point break and then there's a really good set piece we talked about it off air the other day at the end uh during the culmination oh, hi, yeah the culmination of one when the truckers finally fight back they turn it into like a mini horror film where the yeah. trucker is faceless it's all hands and gun uh and it turns it into this really exhilarating sequence very jaws uh, it's yeah it's almost a horror film and it's really well shot and i thought i thought i'd point out i mean i don't remember too cl clearly but there's i was paying really close attention to the cg and the editing in the first film and this is 2001 and they're doing a lot of like zoom in the car through the carburetor or whatever the fuck it is. I don't yeah. know cars and go through the inner workings of the engine with uh, you they're know digital graphics. Car, to car as well. There's a lot of really good, I think, practical um, tracking shots and panning shots, and then some CG shots where they're going in and out of cars. And then it the doesn't look effect whenever they use NOS, like everything goes all like warp speed Star yeah. Wars. Style is it terrible it. though? Because Star Wars is fun, and I'm like, ah, that's really fast. I get the effect <laughs> they're going with. He's going fast. Yeah, well, it's like they. They have that crazy yeah. effect and then it like pans down to the speedometer and they're going like 80 miles an hour. I'm like, okay. no, they're doing at least 220, bro, 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 bro. <laughs> I, I, I just thought it could have looked worse for the time period it was in. There's some of the editing is a little too much. Like it's kind of epileptic feeling to me, yeah. um, especially in the early half of the movie. Also, the structure is pretty good. Screenwriting, like I said, David Ayer wrote it, right? So you got for the first act at least you don't even know who paul walker is you don't know that brian is a police officer so yeah. it's it's pretty there's a good even though i knew the whole time because i've seen it before uh it's entertaining like oh there's a good reveal oh shit he's going he gets arrested but he's not arrested it's like a thing uh they respect know. each other i thought it was well done i really like the first film um it's campy as hell but it's got a lot of heart yeah, any other thoughts on The Fast and The Furious? Uh, I, it was nice to see a movie that was shot on film. It's been a while. And uh, it, it, they were sure. still using the color grading where it was like, uh, hey, this takes place in uh, L.A. Everything's orange. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it, like, like first Fast and Furious is very, very orange. Um, but, I mean, it was just nice. It was. It's interesting because you're so used to seeing movies shot digitally now that I, anytime you see a, a movie that was actually shot on film, it, it's always like, oh, yeah, I missed this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast. Came out in 2003, Furious. two years later. That's as many times I'm going to say two. What did you guys think of Too Fast, Too Furious? 
So Fast and the Furious was a wildly successful movie. And the producers are like, you know what? People love Paul Walker. Paul Let's Walker. give him more of that. <laughs> that movie. Yeah. Vin so Diesel's bad. absence is so felt in Too Fast, Too Furious. And it's just hilarious that they like anchored the lead role to Paul Walker, who at this point in his career can't act to save his life. Yeah. That's probably a poor that, choice yes, of words. That too, <laughs> oh, yeah. Very poor. To, <laughs> Sorry. In, in his defense, I think a big part. A big problem with that was the direction of Paul Walker, where they're like, okay, we need to establish you as coming from the hood. Act as hood as you can. Mm, terrible he, idea. He is He's not, like, what up, cuh? Yeah. It's, it's very badly done. It was as bad. cool as I just said it is how it sounds the entire time <laughs> of Too Fast, Too Furious. This time it was directed by uh, John Singleton. And uh, again, written by Gary Scott Thompson and co-written by Michael Brandt. Um, and then we introduce uh, Tyrese Gibson as Roman Pierce, who I thought is a wonderful addition to the franchise. We add Eva Mendez to the mix. Remember her? This is right around training day. Damn it. We need more Eva Mendez. Uh, and then we throw in a little ludicrous, right? Yeah. And a character named Suki, which we never Suki. got again, played by uh, Devin Aoki. She had the coolest car in all of the Fast and the Furious. She did. But we also had the worst line in the franchise delivered by her at least very close so in the beginning race oh when she's hitting that ramp she she ramps up and goes smack that ass (laughs) i'm like who the fuck wrote that because she she got in second rehearsed it filmed it edited it and said perfect smack that ass smack that ass damn it that opening race is a low point in the series because uh i'd say maybe 70 percent of that race is just really tight of four different people's eyes looking back and forth frantically <laughs> there's barely any practical car yeah. shots in that opening race and it's they lost me from jump i actually wrote it and put an emoji in my notes there's a point i don't remember which character says it but they're all like preparing to drive and they're like i got one more that can race with you and so basically ludicrous's character has hustled the other three drivers and he's bringing in his ringer now and so when brian o'connor shows up one of the guys goes, shit, it's Brian. And like Brian's <laughs> such like a dork white dude the, name that, that name. the fact that he says shit, it's Brian. <laughs> oh, no, not Brian. <laughs> it's Shad. Fuck. And then he walks up and goes, what up, cuh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what is going on right now? This is not OK anymore. I don't think it was in 03. I got to keep watching, though. It's for the content. For the content. I also learned, thanks to Tyrese Gibson, that uh, when you have like at a, a bar or watering hole, any gathering where there's multiple beautiful women, uh, <laughs> that location is called a oasis. Mm, mm. And I didn't know that. Yeah. So Too Fast, Too Furious is, uh, I think, Fast and Furious at its worst. It's the the most misogynistic, uh, least intelligent screenplay, um, totally missing even the good stunt work. I think Tyrese saves this film from being completely un- unentertaining because Roman Pierce is yeah. quite funny. I um, thought that this villain was enjoyable in Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, I liked Cole Hauser, and they, I was really surprised that he doesn't show up again because yeah. at the end of Too Fast and Too Furious, they're arresting him. He's like, I'll come back for you guys. And there's that big joke of Tyrese going, be like, he ain't going to get out, right? He ain't going to get yeah. out, right? Yeah. Well, he, wait, he ain't getting out, right? But like, he apparently doesn't ever get out, right? He, he Good for still. him. <laughs> yeah, right. We still got at least one more film, I would think. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say I really enjoy um, uh, the actor's name is Tom Barry. He played Ag- Agent Bilkins. 
He's the FBI guy that kind of, he's in the first movie, but he's like. His character's much better in two. He's way better in two. He's given off like Major Stanley from The Office vibes, and I and I love it. And I really wish that character could hang around, especially because Tom Barry is from Cincinnati, so. Nice. That was a good scene, though, when we first uh, have have the first introduction of Paul Walker's character with Tyrese Gibson, and he turns to Agent Belkins and says, whatever goes down, just let it slide. And then they end up fighting. He just goes like, he basically like grabs a bag of popcorn yeah. and sits down like, y'all done yet? He's like, I I ain't, I ain't getting in the middle of this. I wore my tropical shirt today. I ain't messing it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one I got. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. So then we get into three, right? Which if you're me was the same fucking day. <laughs> same. Also same. Yeah. Day all right. Yeah. We're fist bumping if you're, if you're listening at home. So three, uh, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift debuted to the world in 2006 uh, and we have sort of a, a bottle film. I mean, most of the, almost none of the other characters are in this film, unless you count the stinger. Um, and we just use it's in name only. Is it a sequel? In fact, we later find out retconned. This actually takes place much later in yeah, the chronology take, of the so, series. So Tokyo Drift came out what year? It was 2006. But it's supposed to retconned. It's supposed to take place in like what, 2015, 2017? Yeah, between, no, well, between six and seven. So yeah, about 2014 or, or yeah, 2014 or so. Okay. They super screwed up using cell phones as a big plot device. Yeah. I see. I don't think that doesn't bother me at all. I don't think any of the technology or cars is supposed oh, no. to be like, yeah. you just have to, okay, Han's still alive is the right. goal, right? Right. Um, but three is actually, there's a Priscilla Page is a just super erudite, beautiful writer. Like she's amazing. Uh, she does all these really like 4,000 word long form film essays that you know, all the filmmakers always retweet like this is fucking perfect. Well done. Hmm. Uh, so she but she was tweeting about how, you know, quit shitting on Tokyo Drift. Fuck you guys. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, am I supposed to you know what I mean? Like, because that's how am much I, I admire her opinion. Like yeah. Am yeah. I supposed to like that one? Because I remember hating it because I cannot honestly. God, I hope he's Dude. not a listener, but I cannot stand the lead actor whatsoever. So Tokyo Drift is honestly probably my favorite movie of all time. That features literally no character I like. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Because I actually really enjoy that movie, but you're right. The lead character is just terrible. Let me paint you a picture for when I first started watching this movie, okay? So Tokyo Drift starts. Uh, is his name Lucas Black? Is that the lead actor's name? Yes. Uh, so he's walking into a school, and there's like a bunch of quick footage of like, you know, it, it picks him up in a security cam walking into a school, and he's looking at all these high schoolers that are being pricks to nerds and rival schools, and there's like a lot of bullying going on. And he doesn't help. And he doesn't help, but he's watching it like, man, I'm seeing the seedy underbelly of the school. And he's walking in, and I'm like, man, this janitor is really going to bust some shit up eventually. I can't wait to see. <laughs> this 40-year-old man is supposed to be a 17 year old boy and when the, the moment the guy's like hey you're 17 we can't arrest you yet i was like what the fuck you 17 <laughs> definitely not and then he races the oldest brother from home improvement for a girl who literally says whoever wins can have me the winner and gets like, me the winner gets me and i'm like girl get some self-respect girl <laughs> <laughs> for sure i wrote winner gets me wtf exclamation point like this is 2006 come on guys we're better than this yeah we're well, better than this they get to tokyo and you know and this is where director uh director justin lynn joins the franchise who becomes yeah. the mainstay of the rest of the series and i honestly th i do think uh tokyo drift is my favorite of the first three movies um 
because I do enjoy Han. Han I, is I like amazing. he's so good in that movie. Um, and honestly, the car, the car stunts are the most impressive in Tokyo Drift, even to this day. I think just because the, the drifting's cool, they're doing actual practical drifting and car stuff, uh, car stunts, and it it's really impressive. Uh, car stuff was correct. Car stuff. They are doing car stuff. You were right. <laughs> That's for sure. And it's just and it's and it's also like in retrospect, it's really funny just how unimportant that main character is and like knowing where he ends up in the franchise as a whole. It just makes the movie even funnier to me. Well, it, <laughs> I, I, I've told this to you guys off air. It, it feels like a JRPG video game where you are a kid that does something bad, even though it wasn't mostly your fault, and you get shipped off to a different area, usually Tokyo, and you get have to go to a boarding school there, and then you meet some like-minded friends, and then they introduce you to the seedy underbelly of the of Tokyo. That is a hundred percent like every Persona mo- game, every Shin Megami Tensei game. They all play out like that, and so this is straight up Fast and Furious the game. And I think it's <laughs> and like so he's supposed to be like an any man character. He's supposed mm-hmm. to be like I'm the fish out of water in Tokyo. Well, he's got that they real just, thick. They Texas just gave accent. him like no wonder people Americans have, especially me, Americans have a reputation for can't do accents. Like you can't even do an American accent. You're an American. What the fuck are you doing? What kind of <laughs> voice is that? Like, I'm sorry. What? Like, <laughs> you got a really thick drawl. It, it's awful. It's Hi, so bad. I'm and, here to and drift. It's just Hi, perpetually distracting from what is otherwise <laughs> like a kind of fun video gamey setup. I think it was homage because they knew he looked 20 years older than who he was supposed to be. <laughs> and so they thought, hey, do your best, Matthew McConaughey. Do your worst, Matthew because McConaughey. Because you're going to be. His character from Dazed and Confused. All right, right. all right, all right. We're going to drift some cars. Now, I, I love high school because I keep getting older and they stay the same age. That's pretty much that character. <laughs> and then I'm going to drift away. And then I'm going to drift away. But I think it's the reason you're reminded of that, Andy, because this is basically Fast and Furious the anime or Fast and Furious manga. Mm. Uh, and when I viewed it from that lens, uh, manga. I, is it manga? I, don't know. <laughs> I really, I really, it might be, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, and the character of Han is absolutely the saving grace of this film. Yeah. Um, he's, and he's the so stunt cool. work is great. I still think the sound mixing is fucking weird. I forgot to mention that I had a real big issue. The first three films, cause I was watching him very late into the night where the car stunts would be insanely bombastic and loud. Like that sounded like a scary monster, but <laughs> it was definitely Dom's charger. Uh, <laughs> Me trying to sound like a car, uh, and then the, the 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 dialogue would be like, "Yeah, you know, you want a Corona," and so I'd have to turn it up, and then, fuck, "Oh fuck, I'm gonna wake my wife up," and turn it down when the cars drove by. Mm-hmm. It's very DK. frustrating. Uh, but the reason I don't think Donkey it, Kong? I think it was actually just poorly mixed because this stopped happening from four through nine. Uh, so this is a little something I'm throwing out there. Oh, some some, yeah, for sure. Anywho, I do admit in the stinger when Dom shows up, and this is where I started to drink the Kool-Aid. When Dom shows up in the stinger, I was like, oh, fuck, it's Dom. (laughs) Babe, babe. (laughs) She's like, okay. And I'm like, so I'm actually like starting to get excited seeing his character and shit. I'm like, babe, it's Riddick from Pitch Black. (laughs) I started, I'm like, oh, no. You don't get it. He wasn't in the second one. So he's back. He's been missing. So I heard, I don't know if this is true, but I was was listening to a a YouTube channel that was talking about all the Fast and Furious movies in retrospect, and they said that that stinger at the end was added after they had actually finished the movie, and they had shown it to test audiences, and all the test audiences were like, 
there's no original character. We don't like this. So for whatever reason, they're like, let's put this at the end of the movie. <laughs> so that you can retroactively like it. Well, that's yeah. that works, though. And I guess because they did that and they reached out to Vin Diesel, because at the time he was like, I don't do sequels. So uh, Francis Ford Coppola wouldn't do sequels. Um, really? Yeah, well, that was yeah. something he said? Had well, he, Chronicles of Riddick not come out yet? Well originally, <laughs> well, originally, I think when Too Fast and Too Furious came out, he was like, oh, this isn't a Francis Ford Coppola-esque sequel. I won't do it. Meaning that it's its own separate story that kind of happens by itself and doesn't really reference the original right. that well. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, but apparently that scene kind of like got Vin Diesel back on set and he like did the thing and he was like, this is pretty fun. People like these movies. You know what? I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> so yeah, back in the family. Yeah, I, I, I drank the Kool Aid there. The mosquito yeah. bit me. I I'm in. It. So then we go to Fast and Furious Four, which is just called Fast and Furious. They took the thes out, so the titling starts to get fun now. Yeah, they're like, "What do we do? We can't do three Fast, three Furious. We can't do four. Four Fast doesn't make any sense." And then the guy they just hired, he was high as shit. The Fast and the Furious. He was like, "What are we gonna call it, Fast and Furious?" And they're like, "The yes. Furies." This was should have been. This was two thousand and nine. And at first, my first note was, "How is Han alive?" Then I realized I did some googling. Oh, they did some wonky time stuff. This is a prequel. <laughs> they did some time wonky stuff. time. This is stuff. a prequel to Tokyo Drift. Sort of. It just picks off at two more than. I don't even think the prequel is over. I think that's an oversimplification. Yeah, they got. They're actually smarter than us. These Fast and Furious guys. Oh, yeah. uh, they really go out of their way to well, explain the, every potential plot. Yes. Was this the first movie? So there's a writer that wrote like most of like all of the good ones. And I think this was the first one that he started writing. And it was like his singular vision for the next four fast films up until eight. Um, I think that's right. I don't, I, I'm not too sure. Oh, I just sure. accidentally looked up the, the 1939 one. That's what sucks when you try to find these movies on IMDb because of the weird titling. You can't actually do that. His name's Chris Morgan, the, the writer that keeps popping up in the uh, latter okay. films. This is the one with uh, Braga is the villain. And oh they they kill Letty, which I believe they intended to do forever. And they just later retcon that. Right. So which is, if that was their plan to do forever, that was a lame ass way to kill Letty. For sure. Yeah, that was so stupid. Unless I can't remember. Maybe she had some Resident Evil movies she was doing and they just had to like temporarily uh, write like, her off. Yeah. Write the character off or something. But yeah, she does. She dies kind of off screen and in a weird way. But this film kind of sucks. And it's so bogged down trying to remember who everyone is. And even though I had literally just watched one, two, and three, you can tell that the film kind of doesn't remember who everyone is. And so they're trying to remind the viewer. And so it, it slows everything down. It's just something I thought about. Um, I wrote, was their intention really to kill Letty? Because I thought that was the dumbest idea ever. She's an amazing character. Mm-hmm. Like, I smell skanks. That is, yeah, that's you gotta have that. Lines. You need that. I smell that's, skanks. That's part of the mojo. She's scary, though. Like, I'm like, oh, get away, skanks. I mean, Michelle <laughs> Rodriguez, I mean. You better get away. She could beat anyone up. In For sure. Um, and you'd enjoy it. And I also wrote, <laughs> uh, it would have been better waiting the years. And what I meant by that was, like, if I hadn't seen these characters in eight years, I might have been like really excited to watch this film, but because it had only been like seven minutes, I was like, or I guess a couple hours because I watched three without him. But I was like, eh, okay, there they are again. I knew they were coming. You know, so you ruined it. I, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I really liked the uh, the, the first, I guess, uh, set piece of that film where they're stealing the cars off of the train, uh, just yeah. because. So they're using this crazy looking truck. 
all right, that looks like it's made purely out of suspension. Because <laughs> they would like launch it over a dune and it just like wobbled all over the fucking place. I don't know how any of them stood on it. Uh, and it would like l- right up to the side of the train and they would like hook a car up to it. It would go whoop and it would just like suck the, the car right oh, up onto yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And, and then it ends up getting, you know, through circumstances, it ends up getting lodged into the side of the train. And then Paul Walker has to chop off it before it hits like the bridge. Like he does. Um, but I really, really liked that. Uh, that, that was scene. a great set piece. The first time that truck, you know, ramped over a dune, I was like, I like that truck. That's the first time we get to see uh, Jordana Brewster, like in really involved in the movie and yeah. doing driving and doing action things. And, and they actually don't do that very much after that either. But yeah, cause the end of this movie features her like actually in a car and she's like about to do a heist with them. And I remember yeah. being, I would, I drank the Kool-Aid at that moment. I don't know why it was this moment, but I drank the Kool-Aid then because I'm like, yeah, fucking Mia's getting in on it. Yeah. And then she's pregnant the next movie. Uh, of course, <laughs> <laughs> but this movie stands out to me. I actually like this one because family, Steve, because family, I do like this one, but this one is also it sticks out to me because I feel like it's a turning point in Paul Walker's career. Because before I had made that awful because he gets the haircut. Well, he gets the haircut. Yes, he ain't blondie anymore. But also, like I feel like this is the movie where I'm like, oh, okay, Paul Walker's actually acting. Yeah, because I, I remember you commenting to Andy before I had started my marathon about how terrible his acting was, and I around this point was like, I think I disagree. I mean, I think some of this is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're, of course, referring to the first two films, mm-hmm. two especially where it's got awful. Yeah. But um, like he turned it around. I don't know like what happened where, where maybe he finally like got the character. Maybe he actually had a good director giving me giving him good directions in Justin Lin. Uh, I don't know. But it like it clicked. It finally clicked for him. And this is where the silliness of the franchise starts to ramp up. Uh, and I, I, I'm with you. I really like this movie. I just think it's bogged down a little bit it doesn't reach the heights of five six and seven where oh, they sure. really catch their stride this is almost like a reset but they they find the silliness they're like holy shit we can get away with being completely absurd and as long as we build these beautifully crafted practical stunts uh and have these characters interact and just drive stuff occasionally do a butt cheek tracking shot not too much <laughs> we don't want to get weird but we just gotta we gotta have there. it in there you gotta get a butt cheek a, shot a few chicks making out right not yeah. in a way that feels like male gazy but just hey we happen to see chicks making out over at, here at least the camera two. didn't even know it just panned across them oops yeah <laughs> oops right <laughs> who let them on set <laughs> oh well keep it in they must have saw michelle rodriguez and just lost control uh, but there's a few things that I are really games. bad in this. So apparently they can build whole cars in like five or six hours, which I'm pretty sure you can't do, which I know is that really what you're going to pick nits with Chris? But like they literally like they bond and like sand the body into like shiny, perfect gloss and not just like put the engine in, but like take like completely junked, crumpled, rusted cars and then make them show cars in under 24 hours, multiple times, which is awesome. Um was the, this the introduction of the uh, the, uh, the the two um, Hispanic characters? I can't I can't remember their names, but they're like also on heists with them. Yes. Sometimes. Okay. Yes. What, I believe what were it their is. names? I don't know. They're I don't nameless. Know they, I don't know if they ever got names. I was just in my head. I kept calling them Bebop and Rocksteady. They definitely <laughs> have names. <laughs> <laughs> they just give off that vibe. <laughs> oh shit! It was well, it's also the one that introduced uh, Gal Gadot, right? Yeah, Gal Gadot is Giselle. I, I actually yeah. I wrote this down and it wasn't it, it dawned on me because they're in Mexico. I dawned on me and there's Braga and all that stuff, right? About halfway through this movie, maybe even three quarters, I kind of like popped my head up and I was like, looked at no one because no one would dare do this, you know, subject themselves to this with me. <laughs> Are they trying to act like Gal Gadot is Mexican? 
I couldn't figure out what is they were trying okay? to do. Is that okay? She's not. They she's were Israeli. Yeah, they were definitely trying to make her something that she's not. I, I think they're implying she's Hispanic. And I'm yeah. like, could you not just... I love Gal Gadot, but she, you couldn't find is, a Hispanic actress? Chris, she is not white. <laughs> and therefore, that's, that's it's what I'm okay. saying. It's so ignorant. They were like, we need a brown lady. You know, who's the most famous right now? And super duper pretty, for sure. I mean, uh, come on, Fast and Furious. Again, now it's 2009. You're better than this. I really did love her character. I just, it's offensive. That well, she they, didn't speak in an accent or anything, did she? She does, because she does in real life, but they- I mean, I, she didn't speak in a Hispanic accent. She spoke Spanish several times. Oh. Well, I mean, she lives there, so that's acceptable. <laughs> that's you know fair. what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to live guess, there, you're going to speak a little bit. Andy, you're going to let them get away with it. You're going to let them get away with it, and I respect that. Hey, you can either speak Espanol or you can get out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't take kindly. <laughs> To taking Kylie around here. Um, anyway, and Andy found out because I was like, Andy, the guy who plays Braga is really good. He's doing a really good thing. Yeah, but he's also like a comedic actor, typically, isn't he? And he was in what? Silver Linings Playbook? Yeah. That's where I recognized him from. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize him. He did a really good job, I thought. Yeah. I also, him. another villain that they did bring back to good effect. Mm-hmm. And that's where they start this whole shebang, right? Uh, and then we get into Fast Five. Now we're at 2011. The franchise has really hit its stride. And right around this time is when I thought to myself, like I saw it on a shelf at Walmart or something and thought, Fast Five? Fuck you. (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) Little did I know that this was widely regarded as the best Fast and Furious film. And in fact, just a really good film in and of itself. Uh, and I, I saw, uh, I think it was Ben Meckler, or, you know, a really famous film critic, Bill Jabiri or something like that. He saw He said on Twitter the other day, imagine if right in the middle of the Fast and Furious franchise, there was just or like the Ernest Scared Stupid movies. <laughs> Those movies are you bite your tongue. <laughs> they're, All right. they're amazing. There was just Michael Mann's heat on like the fifth <laughs> one. That's how good this movie is randomly in this franchise. That's and so, I was like, so you're saying Holy Ernest shit. Scared Stupid because that is the heat. <laughs> that is Michael series. Mann's heat. Uh, so this is Fast Five. It's what it's called. Fast Five. They start getting shorter, losing. Eventually, it's just letters. Uh, uh, and it starts with. So the end of four was uh, Dom getting arrested. Right. Even though he helped save the world or whatever happened. Yeah. They decided to keep him. That We can't. That doesn't. One good act doesn't excuse a lifetime of criminal things. It's like a lifetime. Really? Lifetime, I, mean, really? I, don't I feel just, like he just stole a couple of DVD players. They sentenced him to life without parole. It's like, what definitely did fucking do <laughs> definitely not that. warranting the crime, but he okay. already served time for his most egregious offense, which was, quote unquote, hitting a guy with a pipe. Well, he did cause a lot of mayhem on the streets, like a car crash. Yeah, they can't pin that on property. I mean, 20 years would have been maybe realistic in a harsh like a uh, Republican area. Right. But whatever. We're not going to argue justice in this. In this, Derek film. Chauvin got twenty-two. So, <laughs> so fast four ends with God Paul damn. Walker and Jordana uh, Brewster yeah. heisting, right? Hype. What what Steve was excited about, Hype. and this film opens right with that. So they're going to bust him out, and they decide we can't bust him out. We can't figure it out. Let's just fucking kill him. So they <laughs> they, they horrifically wreck the prison bus, dude. It's so what bad. The yeah. fuck. All those prisoners are dead. I know. Everyone's dead in that bus. I wrote, and everyone else, period. Like It's like 17 rolls of a bus. But don't they do the thing where it rolls and then just smash cuts to like a week later? Like, hey, yes. thanks for busting me out of prison. It's, no, it's like a news. Yeah, there's a, and they go out of their way for these yes. things to, to either humanize or to fill any possible plot hole. So the new segment that says, oh, by the way, definitely nobody died. That's yeah. miraculous. Miraculously, no one was even injured. Do you guys watch Parks and Rec? 
Yes. Oh yeah. So I was laughing my ass off when one of the uh, one of the reporters who were like, "Oh, no, no one died in this car crash." Was purred happily. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have expected like no one's no one died in that car crash. Oh, and I also I forgot I'm not holding a microphone. <laughs> purred happily. Back to you. You should have done that. Uh, and I wrote, "Why is Han always eating tiny snacks?" And then they later explain it. And I was really upset because I wanted that just to be a random thing where he just has like a quarter of a Cheez-It and places it delicately on his tongue because it looks really sexy. I'm not going to lie. I'm into it. It's that hair. Man. Let him do it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, good. Giselle spills the beans that he's clearly a two pack a day ex-smoker. And that's mm-hmm. he's got to keep his fingers and mouth busy. And she, she's like, would you like to keep your fingers and mouth busy on me? And I'm like. I would. They just wanted to jump. They just really wanted to jump through hoops just to get Gal Gadot to say like, oh, you have an oral fixation. Right. Oh, Which, yeah. you know, it worked. I would pay her to say that to me. I don't know about you guys. but I love the plot where they have to get uh, the guy's handprints. Yeah. And Han's trying to figure uh, how a do we really. Get, how do we get close enough to him to get his hand? We're never going to make it. And she's like, I got this. He's going to grab my ass. And then we get the butt tracking shot of Gal Gadot going up to that guy. But this is the beauty and magic of the Fast and Furious franchise. It's absurd and you don't care. Because when you get back to like the clubhouse or whatever you want to call it, the den that they always seem to be able to find, even before they have millions of dollars, they have like this giant garage. They have dens. They're all like, like you have ludicrous, like, I just need to know, did he slap it or did he squeeze it? And like, (laughs) it just makes it endearingly absurd. Mm. Yeah, because she just hands him her bikini her bottom, bottoms. And yeah. at first he's looking out like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> oh, thumbprints off of this? Ah, easily done, because I am ludicrous. <laughs> you know, the guy who was a uh, fucking bet- small-time, small-time hustler, hustler in, in Miami film? is now a supercomputer genius with. <laughs> As of this episode of the saga, I know things. I've yeah. been busy like, during Tokyo Drift, even though that's later. And again, they're covering their plot holes. Just so a throwaway line, I think it was in this one where he says i had a life before you you know it's like by the way i super learned how to crack the biggest safes in the world and (laughs) now i know more about computers than anybody else on the planet yeah let me tell you about this cat 5e cable dude it's oh my god he youtubed it it's so sexy (laughs) youtube this is 2011 it's it's raging right now. but this was also the introduction of uh the rock Hobbs, baby that some bitch made these movies wonderful a dripping wet Hobbs, you you were very upset about the glistening rock. Dripping wet. He's, he is glistening <laughs> in that film. Literally, it's dripping from his little like uh, like what's it called when you have a his really, goatee? The goatee, but it's like it's an aggressive goatee, like it's long and everything else is shaped completely off. So makes yeah. it extra tough. Yeah, you're right. There are scenes where he's it's literally falling. But off then the later you got like, like we're just inside, man. Why are you sweating? Yeah. You have like Tyrese referencing though. He's like, oh, hide the baby oil. Here comes Hobbs. And it's like, oh, it's a thing. Well, that's what he says. Like hide the baby oil every time Hobbs shows up for like the next two films. And it's like this ongoing joke. And I'm like, Andy, there you go. They, everybody noticed it's meta glisten. <laughs> it's Dude, okay. It, it was distracting. Yeah, I know it bothered shit out of you, and I, I get it. It's also introduced Elena. 
Yes, uh, Elsa Pataki. Yeah. I love that actress. I loved her. I didn't expect her to keep showing up. Um, Same. She and it felt was wonderful. like a throwaway character at the time. Yeah, for sure. And that was probably another one of those things where like, hey, fans love this. Let's bring more of it. Um, Hobbs joining the crew is absolutely fucking ridiculous. There is no char- believable character motivation whatsoever for him to be like, you know what? Even though I'm a super high ranking federal international government official and I've been my whole character has been based around how much I believe in that. Fuck it, I'm ready to party with you guys. <laughs> and like, I just wrote, and I love it. Who cares? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do it. Yes, please. <laughs> well, well, all of his friends were gunned down in the streets, so he just had to make new ones. So five was the turning point, right? That was when like, you know what? It's all out the window. Let's just, what happens, happens. I Pretty much. started, yeah. Like, this is like the ghost protocol, if you will, of the Fast and Furious franchise. Everybody's wearing hoodies and shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, like, it, like there's this scene when the they're all the Rock's friends are getting killed. Uh, all the Hobbs, sorry. Let's not to, to call him by the actor name. Let's uh, call him Dwayne. <laughs> all of Dwayne's <laughs> friends are getting killed. And I love that moment where Dom looks at... Uh, uh, Elena, Elsa Pataki's character, and they're stuck in the the, the transport van, and he's like, "Free us!" <laughs> and at this point, there is absolutely no reason why he believes he could be able to help. No, no reason at all why no. she would think he could help. They're being gunned down by the cartel outside, <laughs> and fucking, I used to boost DVD players. And I'm like, a, Let me at him. I'm a street racer. Let me out. <laughs> and she's like, you're right. We have to. We have to. But then they's like, dun, 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 and they come out of nowhere. And the rock's like blurry visioned. He's been gunned down. Oh, no, here comes Dom. <laughs> is he, he going to gun me down? Oh, no, he's offering me his hand. So, we, the iconic so shot beautiful. of like Schwarzenegger and the other guy, but they They're flexing. They clasp <laughs> forearms. <laughs> Not hands, because that, yeah, no homo. And they lift, <laughs> they lift each other up. <laughs> they're, they're, that scene is really funny, because uh, they, they re- reintroduce uh, Vince, the character who said the F.A. word in the first Fast and Furious Yes. Movie. He returns. He is like. By F.A., you mean Fast and Furious. Yes. Uh, I'm so, I was, my butt clenched there. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh. But he returns and he has since like moved to uh, Rio de Janeiro uh, from the first movie. So he hasn't been in a movie since this one. And in that scene, he he's part of the dog. Like, let us at him. And they go out, they save uh, uh, Hobbs. And they get in the car and then he's like, hey, Dom, I'm dying. And then the camera, <laughs> <laughs> and the camera pans over and he's just like lazily holding a gunshot. Wound. He's like, you got to meet my son, Dom, before oh, I'm going to die. I will. I'm going to drop him off like 130 grand and then never see him again. It was such a weird scene because like, I'm like, oh, when did he get shot? I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, all right, dang. Bye. Hey, Dom. Hey, Dom. Bye. I'm dying. It's literally how the scene played out. But um, not to- that's a really sad character arc, too, because he's totally shit on the entire first film. And even though he's such an asshole, to he said the F.A. word. Dude. Brian's he, character. That's You're true. Deep. However, we, don't know, his we don't know his upbringing. And then he's an asshole to Brian. And but I think like Mia's like overly mean to him, like torturing him because because he wants he, he likes her, but she's kind of using him as a cut. He's cudgeling her. Well, the whole story is based around the fact that Vince mistrusts Brian and thinks he's a cop. 
and he, he is. is. Yeah. And like they never reconcile that. They're just like, yeah, but still fuck you, man. <laughs> and then in this film, he, he, there's a scene where he's like, you never listened to me. I told you he was a cop, which is true. Yeah. And he was, which he was. And everything would have been avoided if you'd listened to me, which is true. Yep. And they're still like, yeah, but fuck you, man. You know, <laughs> like you're going to die soon. You're and no an one's going to literally no one's going to care. We Your wife you is not even going to cry yeah. until she sees the money. I leave her. Yeah. Like, that's how little you matter. <laughs> this is from your uncle. Doug. <laughs> yeah. He, he, did. he named his kid after Dom. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, fuck you, man. We don't care about you. You're not going to be in any of the other movies. We're going to bring you back just to kill you. Before we move on from this movie, I do just want to shout out one last thing is uh, this movie, I think, has my favorite set piece in all the Fast and Furious movies. And that's the the they're, they're They got the bank or the vault tied to the two cars. They're just like barreling through the city with destroying everything, just destroying this fucking city with a giant vault tied to two cars. And they're just kind of ping pong, ping ponging it off like all these other buildings. So and cars. creative. And they, yeah, they use it in such a this was the best. The reason why I think this is the best one is because I I love Fast and Furious best when it's a heist. Yes, and that's what well, this movie is. It's, this it's is really the main one that does that, and they kind of yeah. never pull it off again. But this establishes them as an elite crew that they uh, they accomplished multiple impossible things in a semi believable way. Yeah, with their cars, so they incorporated the the roots of the franchise. It is fucking really well done. And, you know, you've got the, oh, we got to bring it to a police station now, all that stuff. And they, they actually do it. And then at the end, they, they, they fool Hobbs and they switch the empty vault out in a really deus ex machina, but believable-ish way. And even he's so impressed. He's like, ha, 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 they got the 200 mil. Fucking crazy bastards. Sons you, of bitches. You, you some bitch, you did it. You some bitch. <laughs> you got my respect, Toretto. And so they build on that from here. This is the linchpin of the rest of the franchise. Oh, we, we got to solve this. We need the crew that pulled that off, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. And then they just never reach those heights ever again. Um, anyway, do you guys have any other thoughts on Fast Five? I don't know if I agree with you that it never reaches those heights again. Oh, well, but, that's fair. Ooh. That's fair, Andy. But go on. You can disagree. Go on. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> I as did long, it. I you can disagree as long as it's Corona. So then we move on to six. And in 2013, the guy who's been in charge of the titling got like completely nodded out because he was getting tired. He just kept shortening the title. Fast five. And then he completely fell asleep. And so they just said, Fast and Furious six. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wasn't this one Furious 6 when it popped? Or is that Furious That's 7? Furious 7. Oh, shit. Yeah, seven. This is okay. Fast and Furious 6. Okay. We, we couldn't think of anything. And this is 2013. Just, just fucking commit. So <laughs> you at, know? at this point, it gets an actual MCU-style opening. I don't know if this ever happened again. But there's like the opening credits are all these scenes from previous films. Oh, yeah. Interwoven to get together and edited with the letters and stuff, just like how MCU movies do. Because this was was reestablishing that Letty's alive somewhere, so they used the opening for this one to kind of, you know, you think that's what it was. I think they were reacquainting the audience of like who Letty is. And remember what Michelle Rodriguez? Yeah, how could her? you forget? How dare you? Uh, the booty tracking shot is right in the opening in six, so they let you know right away. Get we that out of the way. We know? didn't forget. Uh, I really like six, and if that's what you're going to say. Six and seven are almost as good as five, and I love mm-hmm. them. Uh, this is where I was like really excited that I might love nine, like right in the middle of six. I'm like, this is fucking awesome sauce. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think I agree. This is for me probably six. Like five, I enjoyed a lot. Four, four also had like moments, really great moments. Yeah, some uh, set pieces. But I think six, where I was like, you know what? I think I am a fan. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, they get the guy, they start getting really good cameos. Like we've already got mm-hmm. the rock. Sure. But they get the guy from the raid and I'm like, fuck yeah. To like beat this shit out of him. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that guy was really cool. Um, they get Gina Carano. And the <laughs> only reason, no, here's the why that's awesome. Here's why that's awesome. At the very, before everybody knew she was a piece of shit, she, they turn her into a villain and have her killed in the most violent shocking way like shot in the chest with this like, like super a harpoon. nomadic harpoon yeah. and jettisoned out of the plane and i'm like yes i love her glance over at the rock and he just kind of shrugs at her yeah you know there's like a pick the wrong team bitch and uh <laughs> that's a really funny moment for me because then she picked the wrong team in real life mm-hmm. boom boom got her and that's a political her. Her, her, so gina crown's whole like uh so you think she's good like they want you to think she's good the whole movie but yeah. i like did not buy it the whole time like she's the best that's because guy. you actually hate her so much well that and like she well, kinda, she she stuck out where she's like hey i know because she was she was solving things before hobbs was and i was just and for me i'm just like yeah because she's probably in on it and then she ended up well the whole fight it. between her and letty in the subway makes no sense if she's on shawl's team the entire time because no one else was there but the other member of Shaw's team. Mm-hmm. This is a little strange. Uh, unless she just knew she didn't like that bitch. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's it. <laughs> she's not all the way in. Because I think the implication towards the end is that she's supposed to be with Shaw. Uh, right. Gina Carano. But for reasons. face purpose, for reasons, they Did were. say face purposes? <laughs> yeah. For face purposes. Because <laughs> her face sucks. I, don't know I get I'm, it. No, no, no. I was saying, like, he was trying to say face is what I'm trying to think of. Like, <laughs> for on, face purposes. Save us, Phil. On face value, he was making it so he was in a somewhat relationship the with The face Lenny. and the furious. Because he's like, oh, remember, I, I really liked you. Like, I feel like they were trying to, he was trying to make it feel. I think she like was kind of jealousy. He was with Letty. And yeah, she was jealousy. Where it's like, no, that's my man, bitch. Oh, okay. Um, perhaps. I might be By the looking way, too into a Fast and Furious script, too. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of Owen Shaw, Luke Evans, I thought, was a wonderful villain. Yes. Uh, one that they could have. Like, imagine if instead of later, like, I love Charlize Theron more than anyone on earth but instead of cypher we just get like owen shaw back with played by luke evans as like the big bad i think because he's like really almost out of their league good at what he does and he's, he's believable he's villain. like the anti-dom too where he's like yeah he gets the crew together he does basically i love that at least thing. you have a code but i live by you know families all just like different pieces i can replace and you you, you keep the stupid my ones. code is efficiency like that one's really dumb he's always hungry and you just keep it you know uh, <laughs> like what does he do what does tyrese gibson actually do <laughs> in this team i want to know he's the comedic relief so this was the beginning of uh every villain has to top the previous one Yes, right. yeah. and this is where like, they start to kind of. Oh, you thought Braga was bad? He was working for this guy, and that he, Braga wasn't shit. They you used too much nos. He was working for them. Mm-hmm. They start to kind of lose control of. This is a car metaphor for the film franchise. Uh, you know what I mean? They didn't swerve into the skid. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Now there's a set like piece that's here. what I know about driving. The the little Formula One cars that have ramps on them uh, that took place oh, yeah. in this movie, yeah. where they can like 
shoot oh, cars up in the okay, air by yeah, driving yeah, under yeah. them. I thought that was awesome. That was dope. Yeah, that was and then Owen Shaw. Very like, uh, uh, battle bots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Owen Shaw, like where he lures them into like these. I mean, there's like literally a hundred man SWAT team force to arrest him. But that's all part of his plan. And and he has all the charges uh, underneath the garage. And how he actually escapes is like semi-believable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love the whole conceit of like how nobody does, does anything Owen Shaw doesn't want him to do. And like, that's how good he is kind of thing. What? How does he escape? He had all these explosives set up. So he was luring all of the officers to that one location. And he had like the little Formula One car. And he's all confidently knew the guy was betraying him and wearing a wire and like pays him a bunch of money with a bomb in it. Like for the next job. Oh, uh, and then he blows there. up everything yeah, yeah, and yeah, gets yeah. out of there because he wanted Interpol headquarters. That was a really cool shot, like way pulled out, angled down, looking at the garage thing and everything yeah. crumbling. That was, yeah. that was pretty bad. It was really impressive. Um, and then I, I wrote, I don't know. I'm sorry. I was reading a note that I don't understand. Oh, later in the film, there's like this microchip is the whole MacGuffin of the film. And that can like, literally destroy the world basically yeah and they for every other fast movie from here on out but the even the rock hobbs who's in charge of the world's safety they exchange the chip for mia and there's even another cop just to make it if like if you don't think this is ridiculous enough we're gonna call attention to it the other cops like we can't trade the lives of millions of people for one lady rooster yeah (laughs) and then the the Hobbs pulls out his giant, like a dirty, hairy revolver, and he's like, "Oh yeah, the fuck we can." It's your call, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, millions of people or your sister. Your call. I know I'm the ranking military officer in this situation, but hey, random criminal, random criminal, <laughs> wearing a white shirt. Tell me, why are you always wearing a wife beater? <laughs> it's my style. Uh, it's the only thing I have in my closet in the morning. And then the film culminates in the longest runway. Ever. Oh my yes. God. <laughs> it's so. How fast long. are they going? And you still can't see the end. Even if they're going like 30 miles an hour, they would have <laughs> hit the end of that shit like five minutes I ago. I love to dude. imagine that that's the real version of that, that scene. They're all going like 25. <laughs> Get her. <laughs> There's just a guy jogging by in the background. <laughs> so someone did the math and apparently like. That runway has to be at least 26 miles long. Okay, so I wasn't the only one. Okay. <laughs> like they were like assuming that they were traveling at a speed of 120 miles per hour. That's two miles a minute. So it has to be a 26 mile long runway. Which is that? Okay, that's fair. That's about an average for runways, right? Yeah, yeah. About whatever country miles. they were in. That's normal. That's Germany, right? It's an army base. I don't remember. Yeah. They all. So this is where they all started to blur together for me. And I was worried about yes. being able to talk about them separately and with any kind of intellect I'm, I'm luckily not gonna, no like, one looking, expects that from looking me. up the imdb page as we walk through this like Did you oh, just yeah, emphasize the one. d the imdb <laughs> uh it's the international movie database the imdb baby <laughs> fast and furious is is bled into your brain that's the the, the motor oil um so yeah overall six pretty enjoyable now we get uh the, the return of of letty she she doesn't quite remember who she is. And so we get a little bit of ship of Theseus action, right? Is that really Letty? Ship of Theseus. <laughs> is it really Letty? Is it? She doesn't remember. If she has no memories, is she still the same but ship? But she remembers she loves Dom, but not really. Like she just starts hanging. I saw a picture of me sitting on your lap. I'm going to do that. Is that okay? <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now we got the gang all back together again. Michelle Rodriguez is back. And the films are ready to proceed. 
Nothing bad is going to happen. We're going to get Did she have her memory back at this point? No. Or is this, is at the end of this where she says, I remember everything. No, that's the plot of seven where she's regaining her selfhood, if you will. Gotcha. Um, Randomly, actually, without any kind of, I won't spoil that. I won't spoil the spoiler. for two minutes from now uh, so which brings us to save Fur- it. save it <laughs> which brings us to furious 7 2015 strides really cooking now but we may have pressed the nos button too early so we had fast five fast and furious six and then furious seven correct so they were like we used fast the first time and then both of them let's just do furious they're 7. in the writer's room like nailed it, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> God, we're so good. <laughs> what other singular words can we pull from the original title? <laughs> the nine and ten. <laughs> so and ten, yeah. <laughs> so this this film's all about working on Letty getting her memory back. So Dom takes her to uh, Race Wars, which was a cool. That was a dope throwback. It was a cool memory for me you know, of the day before. Out uh, from of heart. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Race Wars. Cool. So what year is this? Are we like 15 I don't know why I went This is such a weird thing out of I context. You're like, a, you're like, ooh, Race Wars. Cool. Neat. I went full Owen Wilson on that. Oh, Race Wars. Wow. wow. <laughs> I remember that. Why didn't they have Owen Wilson in these movies? Dude, give it time. He's going to oh, show up Oh, wow. That's a fast car. <laughs> They're, they're like one night, like like he's he hits the nos, they start going real fast. He's like, <laughs> just the, the car horn does that at the at the meetup. You just see the butt cheeks and wow, wow, hey losers, <laughs> some nice cheeks you got there. Oh, he's in the cheek scene. He's in the cheek scene. There's some chicks making out over there. Wow. <laughs> Vince Vaughn would have loved this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they retconned into Race Wars was their invention, which I don't think was implied in the first film at all. You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez started Race Wars. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, my God. Why did they call it Race Wars? I don't know. I don't know why they ever thought that would be. 2001 was a simpler time, guys. And they just wrote them. They wrote that oh into 2001. God. They're like, well, we can't get rid of it. <laughs> That never occurred to me, dude. That Holy never occurred shit. to me. No, no. This is the first time that's happened. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my god, I'm blushing for them. Holy shit. They called it race wars. <laughs> yeah. They did. It's fine. Nothing can happen. It's cool. It's fine. We invented race wars. So then uh, there actually is a cool set piece where um Brian he's like popping the clutch and shifting and then it scoots up a foot and he's in like a carpool uh, for dropping his kid off at preschool or something. Yeah. Cause and he's he in the minivan. Bruce that, kids now. Uh, that was a really good um, call back to his character where he's at in life now. So that's what the, the, the whole film's about Brian adjusting or not adjusting to the dad life. And then Letty trying to regain her memories. And there's a little subplot uh, about a, you know, a villain. Yeah, it's <laughs> just any old villain. It's, so this is Jason fucking Statham as Jason Statham, Deckard Shaw. 
Ticket show. Damn damn ticket show. And he's really mad. How about the entrance? How amazing was it? It is. So the opening scene introducing Jason Statham's character is fucking awesome. So over the top. He has killed 47 men to get just to say hello to his brother. Yeah, it's a water. So like it starts off with like him at his brother's hospital. And he's like, I'm going to get vengeance for you, little brother. And then it follows him. And you see that in order for him to have gotten to the hospital, he's murdered. 40 something people and destroyed half this hospital and he's just walking through the wreckage that he had already wrought. Yeah, it's amazing. And how well does that establish that he is not to be fucked with? You don't need any kind of backstory. You don't need to see him do anything like the the marquee of the hospital like falls off or whatever that is. The awning, uh, the facade, something. Building words. (laughs) Architecture. Foundation. (laughs) (laughs) Brick. Uh, Anyway. I'm sorry. It's the only building block I could think of. Minecraft. (laughs) (laughs) So then uh, Shaw breaks in and fights the rock. And that's amazing. The rock actually gives him a rock bottom, which is Andy. What is that? One of his. What do you call that? One of his attacks. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about this on the phone and Andy's like, oh, is that like one of his attacks? Because he's not a wrestling fan. I can't believe he's Steve lost it. Oh man, is that one of his attacks? The yes. rock bottom. <laughs> yes, it is, Andy. Down, down, circle, square to rock bottom. <laughs> there's, there's actually a really smart, like filmmaking device nod thing in this film that I really appreciated. There's a part where, uh, what's what's Brian's baby's name? Do they ever name it that we know of? I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did, but I can't. Remember. Anyway, Brian, baby, little Brian, baby. He throws a red car out of the minivan and then uh, Brian is like, Paul Walker is Brian's like, hey, cars don't fly, buddy. Cars Mm -hmm. don't fly. And then later, Dom jumps a red car through towers in Abu Dhabi. And he's like, cars don't fly. And it was a cool, because it was even a red car. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, wow. According to Wikipedia, his son's name is Jack. Oh, little Jack. That's right. Uh, And I guess he has a daughter, too, eventually named Giselle. Oh, they named it Giselle. Yeah, that's yeah. I know that she's Mia's pregnant, but I didn't. I didn't know they named her Giselle. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get introduced to Kurt Russell out of nowhere, Mister right? Nobody. Mister Nobody, really cool character. Yeah, he drops in, saves Dom's ass because uh, turns out Deckard Shaw is an asshole. Right? right. Uh, he, he thought this was a straight fight, and he was just going to shoot him. Right. But he wanted to say that line first. Luckily, I'm not here to play games. Yeah, yeah dude, I, I love that. Yeah, the way he delivered that line was so fucking badass. Yeah, yeah. I'm not here to play games. Yeah, like, I don't give a fuck if I I'm beat here to you with fists. Fucking kill you. Yeah, like, that was badass. Yeah, for sure. Was so cool. He Mark. is awesome in this movie. I, have we mentioned yet that this is the movie where Paul Walker died? Not no. yet. Yeah, like he's, he's still alive at this point. Yeah. Andy, we're getting there. Spoilers. I mean, I'm, well, like we've already <laughs> pat, like well, well past over scenes that Paul Walker wasn't actually in. Supposedly, I didn't notice. I think it was well done. Yeah, it, it is. It's extremely his brothers. Well done. Yeah, it's, it's his brothers, and then his face uh, composited onto his brothers' bodies. But mm-hmm. like uh, in that scene where um, he he has his cars don't fly with his son, that is simultaneously uh, his true. His wife is having the conversation with Dom, revealing that she is pregnant and Brian doesn't know yet. And that is an entire subplot that was introduced after the death of Paul Walker as a way to um, reshape the story in order to establish, look, he's going to get out of this life to become a father. Sure. And and yeah. it is this is probably my favorite movie in the series for how well they dealt with their situation. 
No, I, for sure. Out of all the um, movies where this has happened or like, cause an actor died or got canceled. I think this was the most well done. Yeah. Um, and it actually extremely tasteful, like for blew sure. My mind, how well they did with it. For sure. Yeah. That's fair. Um, uh, this, I'm moving is, through. this is the only movie I had seen up to before we started doing this. I had, I randomly went to the theater uh, to watch it with my wife uh, because, you know, everyone was like, this is Paul Walker's last movie. Let's go see it. Um, and even as someone who had never seen a movie before that point in my life and, and like uh, I was never seen a movie or not. Sorry. I've never seen a Fast <laughs> and Furious movie. Um, I had never seen a Fast and Furious movie up at that point, And I'm not even I was never a huge Paul Walker fan to begin with. But like that ending scene, but that's kind of like the homage to to Paul Walker. It was really touching. Like, yeah. Where the cars he diverts down a separate road. It's yeah. very beautifully done. Yeah. Very beautifully. Done. I cried. Uh, and not just because this was my third Fast and Furious movie that day. And I was just so fucking exhausted. There was tears of actual pain in there. It's been a long day. <laughs> See you again. Uh, you roll um, my family. There's some really good lines in this. I think first off, uh, where Kurt Russell gets shot, Mr. Nobody gets shot. And he, like right before that, when he knows he's fucked, he just looks at Dom and smiles and winks. Like, yeah, <laughs> why? Yeah, I don't know. Was not a fan of that. But there's some things I am a fan of. Uh, how about when uh, when Hobbs uh, shoots the drone in the face and then the panicked guy <laughs> with the headset goes, sir, someone just double tapped our drone. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I, I do think the, the one thing that I have a problem with this movie is is very clear with our discussions. We have yet to actually mention the main I, would, I wouldn't call him the main villain, but the villain that has the most antagonism towards the team, and that is Jumon Hanzo. Oh, yeah, Mosey. Or, yeah, there's too many. Yeah, there's too many. You don't need his character. He's, he's like the character that they are battling with the most because Jason Statham is in the shadows. He's like doing like hit and run attacks on them, but they're actively trying to get stuff from Jumon Hanzo's character. Is that am I, am I pronouncing that right? I've always I, said Jumon Hanzo, but yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, I have no idea. And I love him as an actor. Yes, but he's, he's great. Like completely wasted Blood in this Diamond. movie because he's just all he does is like, oh, where's this thing? It's where's almost the God's eye. Do you have the God's eye? Where is the God's eye? <laughs> Turn on the God's eye. We lost the God's eye. Get the God's eye. That's like all he fucking does the whole movie. <laughs> it's almost like they knew that Deckard Shaw was going to be used later. Like his, we, like his contract says, we got to turn him good and like let him kick some ass for another couple movies. Well, he was like the Resident Evil equivalent of like the the, the nemesis. You know, he, he just keeps showing up out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like we're dealing with this other thing. And then, oh, fuck. Now here he is. And usually those types of threads are established in movies to bring it in during the climax. But in this movie, it's during every set piece. This guy just shows up every time. So whatever plan they had is going to go awry because Deckard Shaw is going to show up. And I thought that was really cool. It, it had this fun, like, shadow presence that, like, at some point, everything's going to go awry because this guy is back there somewhere. Yeah, for sure. It was almost like Terminator-esque as well. Yeah. I'm a champagne problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a way better analogy than Nemesis from yeah, Resident, Evil Resident Evil <laughs> No, it's fair. It's fine. Um, no, I, I, I agree with you. Um, but there was a really giant cool set piece, I guess we forgot to talk about too, where they all, this is where they were like, fuck it. We're going to have all the cars fly in with parachutes. Um, and it's going to be awesome. Just fuck it. Yeah, and that's like, the best part. And, you know, Roman's reaction of just being terrified. And not, I'm just going to hang out in the plane and make sure up here is good. You know, like that was very well done. That was funny. But they already anticipated that. So Tej's character 
had it set up to where he's going to yank him out of the plane. Um, very I well hate, done. I hate you, Tash. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. Very well done. Um, there's also some more cool stuff. Uh, this is where Hobbs really sets into his some bitch and that kind of whole demeanor. Uh, there's a line. I don't know why I loved it so much where somebody says we need the cal- cavalry. And uh, Hobbs goes, woman, I am the cavalry. And just the way that he says woman, but not in a way that's offensive repeatedly. I love so much. And I wish I could pull that off. Like if any female cast member like talks to him directly, it's always woman. Yeah. Well, uh, Elena in the beginning, uh, she's like, don't stay at work too late. Just really casually. Like that's a normal, like friendly thing to say to somebody who's leaving. Woman, I'll stay here as long as I goddamn want to. And it's just, (laughs) Yes. More of that. And they knew that we wanted more and they gave it to us. Uh, But yeah, overall, I really enjoyed seven. uh, And I think that a lot of the problem, Andy said that they did seven really well as far as like what to do without Paul Walker and how to handle that tastefully, which is true. But I think spoiler for what how I felt about eight and nine. I think a lot of the problems of the subsequent films were just that this was not in the plan, obviously. True. And so how do we write long term around the fact that we're now missing Brian? Apparently Scott Eastwood. Yeah, that's what we need. I did read that in seven, the original plot or the original script had Mr. Nobody was supposed to be Paul Walker's dad. Yeah. And there was going to be a whole subplot of like him. Oh, is that why there's that line about Vin like uh, or Brian says, hey, tell me about your father. And Vin has that long or Vin. Dom has that long touching sequence about how good of a dad his dad was. And then Brian's like, well, I don't remember my fucking dad at all. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a double entendre probably of. Hey, I'm worried about my own abilities as a father in the future, but also, hey, we're going to bring in my dad later. Yeah, it's Kurt Russell. And explain why he was missing, because he's Mr. Nobody. He's busy. But they added another (laughs) beautiful layer to that scene because he is about to be a father times two and doesn't know it yet when he has that conversation. So well handled. For sure. But also, still Mel Gazy because... Mia, I don't know if anyone else felt this way. You know, I have a child uh, and Mia's like, hey, I'm pregnant again. And Dom's like, oh, did you tell him? She's like, no, like, I want him to have like the life that he wants. And like, I can take care of these kids because I'm a woman. Like, that's all I wanted out of life. But like, I want, he seems bored. That's how they wrote me. I'm like, audiences. I'm like watching this like, I don't know if she should really be worried so much about whether or not he's bored while she's worried. You know, they do that character so dirty. Yeah, for sure. Like justice said, for Mia. The end of four, I was so pumped. Like, yeah, Mia's getting on the schemes. Fuck yeah. And then she's like, I'm going to go have babies and just, oh, Paul Walker. Which is fine if that's what you want in life. But I don't feel like they gave Mia the opportunity to really join the crew. Um, Hashtag free Mia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, later they do have uh, Brian watching the kids. That's true. Um, for reasons, but. Yeah, <laughs> for <at least> reasons. <laughs> That worked out. Uh, Okay, so now moving on to eight. Fate of the Furious. They realized that eight would fit in a word that started with F, and they fucking ran with it. This is in 2017. Uh, Didn't work out for nine. They were like, fuck. (laughs) It's only F work. Uh, (laughs) Fine in the Furious. Intro was fun, but super overkill. And now at this point, I know that I've got tickets to see F9 at at 8.30 p.m. It is like 6 p.m. I look at the runtime of eight. And it's two and a half hours long. Of course, it's the at the at the finish line. It's the longest fucking movie. Uh, and then we open with this twenty minute Cuban race, just to reestablish Dom's good at racing. I, th- I don't need to know that. Like it's fun. 
But that's the only tracking cheeks that we get in the entire film. We, so I'm glad they yeah. snuck it in. We, we we need the tracking cheeks. That's the signature. It's not a Fast and Furious movie without tracking cheeks. Also, Dom has a Cuban cousin. Okay. Who we've never met. Which is a signifier of many things to come in the next couple of movies. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dom's Italian. Yeah. I'm really confused. <laughs> We, well, we had to introduce that bit character that shows up for 1.8 seconds in the climax. Yeah. Know? Well, that's why I think the, the purpose of the, the Cuban scene is they were kind of at this point in the, the franchise, they're starting to take the villains and then, you know, make them good eventually. Uh, ish. Ish. But th that's what they do in this this uh, this race. The guy he's racing is like tries to kill him with motorcycles. And then he's like, you have my respect. And then now he's he's got that guy as a friend. And then later, well, later on, when he's talking to Cypher, he's like, yeah. that's what I do. I change people. Like, I change them. And so I think that's what they're really trying to set up is like, no, I, I'm, I'm not about beating the man. I'm about changing them. Look and at Giselle. She's like one of us now. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Yeah. And then look at Shaw. Yeah. He's a super dick. <laughs> now. Look at Braga. He's still pretty cool. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He's in jail. Changed him. Changed him. <laughs> um, I like how in this scene at the end of the race, so he races backwards with a car that's falling apart, takes off a couple fenders, explode. I mean, it's over the top in a good way. Uh, it's it's fast and furious, right? Fuck it. And at the end, all of these, uh, you know, uh, local Cubans run up and they're like, yeah, yeah. And all these children are like, oh my God, the guy that did the race. And Dom just like... <laughs> Picks up kids he doesn't know and just holds them and smiles. And like, I just As wanted the do. parents to run out like, what the fuck? And grab them. You know what I mean? Hey, muscle bound. You almost ran over my kids with a burning car. <laughs> yeah. Illegal street racer. Get off my kid. <laughs> yeah. but, oh, it's Dom. It's fine. Hold on. And everyone in the background had a Coke bottle perfectly angled label, label towards the camera. Because at this point. We're making fucking money. There was yeah. some egregious, egregious product placement in this movie. It, it was bad. Dude, like, was like leaning towards the camera and looking at it while he's <laughs> sipping the Coke. So Dom's refreshing. Like, Let me get the tab off of that Coca-Cola. It's going to be really important during this race. Yeah, that's how I got to clip the, because that was a reference to Paul, right? Or to Brian, right? And we said the buster used to do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. We never saw him do that. But right. He well, used right. to do Now that. we know he used to do that. Yeah. Yeah, more retcon, damn it. We're all about shit, tell, no show. And then we cut back to Hobbs, who's coaching uh, his little girl's soccer team. Which is great. Wonderful. Great So scene. funny. Absolutely. We get the, what was it called, Steve? The Maori the war haka. chant? Haka? haka. Yeah. That was so fucking good. And then the little girl, like, I don't want to play, play anymore. anymore. <laughs> really well done. And well, Steve, tell him your, I pitch your idea for the other spinoff that's not Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, if Hobbs and Shaw doesn't go anywhere, they can have a complete uh, spinoff that's pretty much just the Mighty Ducks, but Hobbs coaching his little girl soccer team. I would be 100 the pink dragons. The Pink Dragon. Yes, I would 110% be down for a Pink Dragons movie where it's just like him, like they do their haka before the show, and it's like, come on, girl, score on that, some bitch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. yeah, it's like it's PG 13, but it's Mighty Ducks still. Yeah. <laughs> Get that, some bitch. Yes. Woman. What? Uh, <laughs> Score me a goal. <laughs> Little woman. Uh, so. Way different movie. <laughs> eight. eight <laughs> Little woman. <laughs> Cracked myself up. Sorry. Eight is one of the worst films, in my opinion. Yes. But with two moments that are in my top five of the entire saga yep. for sure yep uh and you guys can talk about one that you thought i was talking about mm -hmm. what is your favorite moment from this movie andy 
when we have Deckard Shaw rescuing Vin Diesel's baby in an airplane, and he is periodically looking at the baby, making sure he's okay, kind of playing with him a little bit, but also murdering the fuck out of like all these special <laughs> agents on this airplane with Alvin and the Chipmunks playing in his uh, yeah in his AirPods. It's, that scene is so me. God, yeah, I want. Because like he'll, he'll totally pick up a guy, break his neck in eight different ways, shoot another dude in the dick, and then turn around and look at the baby. And go, Who's my cute little guy? Look at him in the ba- and the cutaways they smile? had for this baby were so fucking. I don't know where they got this baby. It's the like this baby is the greatest acting baby of all time because every time they would cut to him, that baby had the perfect fucking reaction. Like yeah. he was like. Like, was that me? Was that you or him? Was that you? And the baby just has this look. I don't fucking know. Oh, the dead guy smell versus the the poopy diaper. Yeah, Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's him. That was wonderful. So funny. They went through like a thousand table reaps with babies and just kept chucking them out the window until they found that baby. It was perfect. That was, they were chucking the babies out the window? Yes. <laughs> yeah. By far the most endearing scene in all of the Fast and Furious saga. I I, I live for that scene. It was very well done. It was, it was a, and it was an homage to a John Will film, Hard Boiled. I'll have you know. Yeah. But my favorite scene in all of the franchise is the prison break. <laughs> Of Hobbs and Shaw when they're both in prison, they're busting out to Bass Nectar's Speaker Box, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. A really bitchin' uh, dubstep song. Bitchin'. Uh, <laughs> and The Rock this runs song up. This tits. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock's running down the hallway, and this muscle-bound guy, but not as muscly as Dwayne Johnson, jumps out of, of a cell, so. and he's like, I've been waiting a long time for this, because apparently Hobbs arrested him. You can infer that from the look on his face. And Hobbs just immediately, without any preamble stabs him in the chest with a knife and says keep waiting bitch and pushes him <laughs> and i like my wife walked by and i jumped off the couch i was like yes and she was like you're fucking losing it and you know but kind of in a like this is why i love you way uh absolutely adored that moment i wanted to watch it over and over and over uh they're trying really hard to retcon the reputation of shawl because they have they're having a hard time because he's world-renowned assassin but then like at one point Hobbs pulls a file or it might have been Dom and you're like oh so you got the purple heart and the the medal of valor and oh you you rescued a whole troop of uh kittens oh that's in your file here <laughs> it's just like you're gonna really oh, like them kittens <laughs> okay and then they have him rescue they the baby my help so you forgive him for killing the nurses there's a one point in seven where he tosses a grenade into one of the SWAT team who you can assume is just a nine to five guy named Bill yeah. who happens to work for the SWAT team and, and has three kids, pushes him into two nurses and it explodes. And then later he's cool now. I changed him. <laughs> Like typically in movies, that's not okay. He's yeah. the Jamie Lannister of the fast side. <laughs> yeah, <for sure>. yeah. <laughs> him and uh, his sister shows up in Hobbs and Shaw, man. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> she's super hot. Yeah, so that's, cool. that's fair. I get it. So okay, move it along. Dom has had a kid uh, with Elena, right? That's the whole point. Yes. While while they thought Letty was dead. Here's so, the thing. So it's cool. Yeah, so it's cool. No. Also, I don't understand how the timeline's sick I'm up sitting here. there with my wife, and she's playing her Animal Crossing. And when the baby reveal at the end, and Letty, you know, in the end, Letty's like, oh, baby. Oh, I had this with the other lady? That's fine. You thought I was dead? No. Let me not to be like a misogynist here, but here's how that would go down. Like 
Oh, that other bitch's baby. Can't have a baby with me. How long did you think I was fucking dead when that happened? Like three months? Like, cause I looked over at my wife just to make sure I was feeling the right vibes. I'm like, that's ridiculous, right? Like you would chuck that baby away, right? She's like, mm-hmm. Like, obviously I'm, we're being hyperbolic here, but the celerity with which she was like, oh, okay, we have a baby. And it's the other ladies, that's fine. Little, I wasn't buying it all the way. Just saying, you guys are looking at me funny. Well, but she, she might've been okay with it because at this point, Elena is super dead. Uh, that's so fair it's easier like, to get over yeah she's like well that bitch by the way back. that shocked the shit out of me because they kept bringing Elsa Pataki back into the franchise it was shocked me I was like this is great I do love her character you guys got your finger on the pulse love it and then we just have her like mouth duct taped brains blowed out out of nowhere yeah. without preamble and it's like oh yeah, it was super like it was. That's that's the best scene that feels the most out of place in this franchise because it's like oh well, most that's because dark. all the other ones okay. are undone later for well, yeah, no true. reason. I mean, at this rate, she might show up in Fast Ten. Like, that's I true. Would, Here's what really happened: metal um, plate on the side of her head. It was bulletproof duct tape. It was just a bullet wound, Dom. <laughs> but now I have amnesia. Is that my baby? Oh, that's well. To be fair, though, Dom also turned down Gal Gadot. Before, he has a type, you know, giving in with true. Elsa. So you true. know what I mean, like. A man can only do so much. And eight doesn't really have any set pieces that I super loved, except for Andy talked about it uh, off off air a little bit. The the zombie motorcade with the self-propelled cars. Yeah, it was straight out of the one uh, of Andy's train, favorite train, films, World War Z. World War Z and Train to Busan <laughs> playbook, dude, like the, the CGI hordes. And they even say in. In this movie, they say, cue the zombie mode or something like that. Basically, they're, they're straight up looking at the camera and saying, yeah, we're stealing that thing from them because it's super cool. We're like, you're looking at a barren street and then like around the corner, like this barrage of uh, like a hundred cars, a hundred cars just come slamming they're around going the over top each other. And which World War Z first uh, started and then Trade of Busan did to great effect. And. I, I applaud them for nodding the zombie movies that uh, uh, heralded that. Style. I wasn't I wasn't super into the zombie car scene just because it just looked like a uh, a studio tech demo. Oh, it looked it awful. looked terrible. I just liked that it was a thing. <laughs> I should say we got the introduction of as Andy implied earlier, Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son, mm-hmm. and Natalie Emmanuel, uh, uh, oh, one yeah. of two. We two forgot to mention characters. her from before. Yeah, and then Christopher. I, I never know how to pronounce that. Hiju, Hiju. I, I, I Tormund Giants Bane is added to the him. cast as well. Uh, and then at the end, because we got to blow through this because we still got to talk about Fast 9 or F9, as I say it. Uh, my favorite moment <laughs> that I actually hated was at the end when, okay, is Vin Diesel saves the moment? day. He's on foot. Yes, this is my tenant moment. <laughs> Vin Diesel's now on foot. He jumps out of the car and he cleverly destroys the submarine, which was cool. And he's sliding across the ice. But oh, the yeah. flames that he just created are about to kill him. And the, we get the family shield. <laughs> Everyone comes out of nowhere and parks their car in a hexagon to shield him from the flames in the center. Uh, I just thought it was funny. After I, he I rode his car over ice to get the heat-seeking missile that was chasing him <laughs> to explode into the submarine that was chasing them through the ice. I just wrote in all caps, the family shield. <laughs> and then at the end, we get the most absurd dinner table ever. It's the classic barbecue. They're rebuilding the, the house in East L.A. And at this table dining is Michelle Rodriguez... Vin Diesel, Kurt Russell, Jason Statham, 
like this is fucking weird like and awesome like they're all just eating barbecue chicken <laughs> it's still about family <laughs> oh this is pretty delicious <laughs> i don't want to be a part of your little family toretto wow this is good chicken listening <laughs> here <laughs> Uh, anyway, and that's the end of Fate of the Furious. And then now, 2021, we get F9. What you're hearing, listeners, isn't a song from the soundtrack of F9. It is literally Groot. Vin Diesel's single that came out a, a couple like years I ago. Do. Feel like I do. That is Vin Diesel you're hearing right now. Can't it's you hear it? So good, honestly. Like this song is a banger. I would be proud of you guys if you made this song. And oh, thanks, buddy. That that is the bar that I set for what is good and was. So I, I I bring that up because I posted on Facebook when the song came out, like. So 2020 is fucking weird. Vin Diesel put out a single and it's actually kind of a banger. And then all of my musician friends were like, this song is fucking trash. What are you talking about? I was like, dude, if any one of y'all wrote this, I would have been proud of you. Fuck you. This song rocks. And I was actually ba- uh, bopping to it earlier today. Bopping. I'm, I'm Andy, bopping. B- Andy do be bopping. I be bopping. Andy do be bopping. Speaking of Andy bopping. I be be bopping rock steadying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what did you? You sound like Paul Walker from Too Fast, Too Furious right now. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of of Fnine, Andy? Um, this movie, I, dude. Honestly, real, real quick, are we doing non spoiler review and then? Yeah, I mean, if you made okay. it this far in the podcast, you realize we're spoiling lots of stuff. However, we're going to do a non spoiler review as much as we can, and then we'll delve into spoilers immediately after. Chris, you put it best when we were hanging out in the garage parking garage after the movie when you said this movie was as bad as I was afraid the others were going to be. Uh, F9 is terrible. It is a really, really bad movie. It is... uh, How did you really feel? Leaning into the worst aspects of the film, um, it underutilizes everybody in it. It leans so hard into trying to explain away plot holes that eventually I get bored and I just want you... I want them to just move on. Like, just say... Hey, yeah, it's absurd. Anyway, hit this. And you know? straight up, F9, I award you no points. <laughs> <laughs> we are all dumber having watched it. Now, so we we, we all saw this movie together uh, at the theater, the uh, theater. yesterday. Yeah, it was super fun. Uh, I had the worst movie-going experience. Uh, I had a dude behind me that about 10 minutes into the movie planted his foot into my lower back, back of my chair. And I was like, wow, this sucks. Okay, um, I'm just going to ignore that for a little bit. And then eventually, like, he crossed his legs and started tapping his other foot, like, against the back of my head. And I was like, wow, this is awful. Eventually, I actually, like, turned around. And I don't do this. I'm not a super confrontational guy. I was like, hey, man, can you get your foot out my back, please? He was like, oh, I'm sorry. And he took his other foot down and then left the one that was planted in my lower back. And still, like, when he would chuckle or something, I could feel his body shaking into my lower back. And so I spent half the movie just seething. And, like, <laughs> and I'm Me like, too, but just because of the movie. And I'm like, I'm not paying attention to the movie. I'm paying attention to this guy and, like, his bodily functions that are just passing through into me. Ugh. And Ew. I'm like, okay, I got to stop paying attention to him. Watch the movie. Ew. And I start watching the movie. <laughs> 
And then the movie would piss me off. I'm like, I'm going to go back to this guy. That's more interesting. <laughs> Poor choice of words, Andy. <laughs> I said bodily function. Yeah. I'm sorry. You said bodily function passing into you. <laughs> I'd be hard. It'd be hard to watch a movie like that, too. I'd yeah, be hard, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, jealous i picked the wrong seat eventually i did change seats like i i said something and the guy still didn't undo kick his issue. ass sorry i'm sorry i'm just too much fast and furious <laughs> there were reasons why that was not gonna be a thing i'm not gonna you should have challenged him to a race yeah that was the way if, to handle that Andy. if he wins he can keep his feet there if you win <laughs> you think you can take my subaru legacy <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, uh, the movie was awful. I think that the biggest crime of this movie was underutilizing uh, John Cena. Uh, that dude has some chops. He's funny. He's really funny. He's big and dumb. And those are, that, that is his shtick, you know? And every movie that he's been in a leans into that. You want me to beat you off? I'll beat you off with both hands. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, like that, he's that guy. And like they just made him like brooding and serious the whole movie. And uh, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't agree with the stakes of the film that they tried to establish with his character because they didn't make me give a shit about him. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't get behind it. Okay, I and it has nothing to do with like the insanity that they like. Oh, look what we're doing now, you know, like uh, because they all are constantly raising the stakes. Um, like action wise, whatever, I, I, it doesn't bother me. But what bothered me is the uh, just soullessness of the movie. Steve, what did you think? Uh, I hate this movie. Uh, <laughs> I really do. It's it's not good. And keep in mind, listener, we did actually thoroughly enjoy yeah. many of the predecessor films. We were actually excited for nine. By yes. Hand. Yeah. I think that's why I'm so angry about it because we, you know, I went through and we watched all these movies. I didn't really think I'd like any of them. I turned out like, okay, I'm having a good time. This is fun. Like I was looking forward to the insanity that F nine would be. And it turned out to be everything that the other movies aren't. So the other movies are fun and dumb and they've got cool set pieces. This one is so serious so up its own ass. Uh, a, a couple episodes ago, Andy said Zack Snyder needs to be stopped. Mm -hmm. I believe Vin Diesel needs to be stopped because I realized something watching this movie. I feel like the other movies are so successful because you have Vin Diesel who brings this enigmatic, stoic charm, but then you also have this secondary main character that also kind of levels it out. So usually that would be Paul Walker in the earlier films. And then that kind of became The Rock. Um, and then the last the last movie. Yeah, well, The Rock was in the last movie. Pardon me. So, yeah. So you had this counterbalancing act. This movie is 100% the Dominic Toretto show. And it is so fucking up its own ass. The whole movie. I'm just like, shut up. I don't care. Because it's so like, everything's family. And, you know, we'll get into spoilers. But, like, for such a big part of this character being family there's a whole lot of that thrown out the window for a major plot point that makes no sense and this movie has so many major plot points that make no sense they try to turn themselves inside out to make them make sense they don't all they end up doing is padding the runtime and making me angry for having to sit through it uh and the, the you know the set pieces there's one or two that are fun you know but they're not the greatest in the franchise they waste john cena like andy said 
um, he has this what I call perpetual I just smelt a bad fart face <laughs> where it's just yes. him like his nose is kind of like and he's just kind of half snarling and looking mad it's like uh, his upper lip is like a quarter mile yeah like you could just see Toretto racing across it <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> um, the, the only saving grace of this film is Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson um, they 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 go through this whole entire movie unscathed I feel like like they when they filmed their scenes, they were like, oh, yeah, this is how we film Fast and the Furious movies. And they got every, they nailed everything with their characters. Yeah. But everything else is just not fun and not enjoyable and makes no sense and not in the fun Fast and Furious way of things not making sense. It's almost like they try to make things makes and this is, I've said make sense so many times. It's almost like they were trying to make things make sense that we don't care about. Make it and make it and make it. Make. Um, and, e- and even though, like, I would say that Too Fast, Too Furious is a is a worse movie in terms of how it's made. It's also unoffensive. And, eh. Well, I mean, like, it doesn't. <laughs> I wasn't actively angry watching it. Sure. And it was also only an hour and a half long, so it yes. didn't overstay its welcome. There's this movie is two and a half fucking hours long, <laughs> and I only cared about maybe a half hour of it. Um. Pretty much all of the the uh, ludicrous and Tyrese Gibson scenes, but Chris, how about you? Did you did you like it? I did not. I am sorry to the listener. We would like to, a good counterbalance here. Uh, I do think it had. Uh, no, it didn't. There's no. No. <laughs> I had fun with the. No. Well, I won't get into spoilers. No. Uh, I, I I agree with you guys mostly. I I was very disappointed because by this point I actually was an active fan of the fast saga and I against what I would have predicted at the beginning of this like social experiment was really genuinely excited for the next installment. And I had kind of like joined the masses and I was like, all right, I'm curious where the story is going. I want to see the new stunts and I'm excited to see all the gang back together again. I can't say what pissed me off so badly um, because of spoilers. I will say there's something neat that happened in, in eight that I forgot to mention. It was directed by, uh, I think it's F Scott, Gary, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yes. Great scats. He's the director of the movie Friday, among many other things, uh, and the Italian job, I believe. Um, I think it's F. Scott Gary. uh, Easter egg in Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Um, But he's the director of Friday, which is out of nowhere. And there's a joke at the end of eight when uh, Ludacris is talking to Natalie Emanuel's character. And he says, hey, Miss Parker, which is his last name, but also a line famously from Friday. And I just thought that was a neat nod because he's the one that directed that uh and i caught it and i was proud of myself and i wanted to bring it up i'm but proud back, of you but back to things steve but back to Fanine. um it was as bad as the title would suggest um and i like andy i awarded no points and may god have mercy on their souls that brings us to spoilers for Fanine starting right now you are entering spoiler territory you're bullshit I mean, she's, she said it best. <laughs> How <laughs> my thoughts bullshit. in this film. So here's what pisses me all the way the fuck off. Lay it on me, man. And I'm not going to go as ham as Steve. I don't think I've thought so much about it. The, the entire plot is, is, is hinged on this Dominic Toretto child backstory that no one asked for. We do not need. And instead, like good backstory uh, building things up and making everything seem retroactively better and make more sense. 
we didn't need it at all. So it actually makes everything worse. We already knew that Dom's dad died, that he was a good man, that he helped raise Mia from then on out, and that he angrily took revenge upon the man that killed his father and went to prison and that changed the course of his life forever. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. That's how real life is. You make a decision in the blink of an eye that forever alters the course of your life, good or ill. And that's the terror of making decisions moment to moment, right? That's fucking cool. And you ruin it. But Chris, John Cena was there. You ruin it by inventing a brother out of nowhere that couldn't possibly exist. And even though you call uh, like meta attention to it to try to make fun of yourself, no, fuck you. You're not going to get out of it that easy. That's the stuff Chris does on the show, streaming things. Like that's the level you're at now, <laughs> Fnine. You're at streaming things level. Uh, the same amount of thought went into your show. Come play in the shit with the rest of us pigs. And Come what are you going to do? Hire are, me for your soundtrack. You're going to build up this giant crew and bring them back movie to movie to movie? No. You're going to leave Jason Statham out of it completely. Yep. You're going to leave Dwayne Johnson out of it completely. Yep. You're going to bring back from the fucking dead one of the most beloved characters of the franchise. And do nothing with him. And ruin it. Do nothing with him. Yeah. Cut his hair. Give him very few tiny snacks. <laughs> and we need more tiny snacks. Yes. His, his calm, cool, suave, sexy charisma that is the defining feature of his character. You're going to give him none of that. You're just going to give him a disinterested. Oh, hi. Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm alive. It's, well, it's actually a pretty long story. I sent you a postcard that had a cross on it. That's, you know, because you wear a cross. I figured you would put two and two together. <laughs> also, you would find my one apartment in Tokyo that has a Mexican flag on it because I talk about always running to Mexico. You know, Tokyo is like a pretty people. small city. This is uh, this isn't contrived at all. With, even <laughs> that's fine. But like, Mexican you don't flag. do anything with him. Like, no, he's completely wasted. And it's a shame because Han's so fucking cool in all the other movies. Give it, I hung the Mexican flag because my ex-girlfriend was Mexican. You know, Gal Gadot. Maybe. <laughs> We're not 100% sure on that. That's the deep dive there. I've been taking care of this girl this whole time. Her name's MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't... I don't... That... And then also, we forgot to mention how bad Charlize Theron's hair was as Cypher in She had the dress. Eight. Uh, the, and they knew And it. they actually made her hair worse. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I like the They gave cut. her... Oh, really? You like Jim Carrey, Dumb and Dumber haircut? <laughs> just superimposed <laughs> onto Charlize I'll Theron? I'll be honest with you. Charlize Theron rocks it. I mean, it's she rocks the so Lloyd. much better than the last one. You're not wrong. The, those dreads. All right, dreads guys. Real bad. Take it, Steve, I know you have strong feelings with spoilers. Take okay, it away. So I understand, you know, because there's a scene where they announce like John Cena is Dom's brother. And Tyrese Gibbs is like, wait a minute. You also have a you have a you've had a brother this whole time who's also a world traveling super spy who's super good at everything that you are. And I get it. You know, it's hard to make that assumption because, as we all know, you can't see John Cena. That's <laughs> It's hard to spot him. He did it. <laughs> but like, it's so dumb because, okay, Boo. so the big onus is like, I'm all about family, right? We already had the movie where it's like, oh, you have a son you didn't know about. All right, I get it. To follow that up with the ne the very next movie is like, oh, now you have a brother you've never talked about. You or, or your sister have never talked about that you've excommunicated from the family and the whole reason why you did that is because you were in you went to prison for beating up the dude who killed your dad and then you 
talk to some dudes in prison who are like, hey, this could be a thing that could blow up a car. And then you're like, my brother killed my dad. <laughs> you get out of prison. You don't go talk to your brother saying, hey, you were the last person to work on dad's car before it blew up. Was there anything that you saw that was weird? Did anything happen? No, you were like, hey, race me. If I win, your ass is out of the family. I never better not see your ass ever again. And then poor John Cena, his whole thing is that he promised his dad that he wouldn't tell Dom that they were cheating. And it's like, this whole fucking problem would have been solved if just one of them said, hey, man, we're family. Family talk. Right. Let's, you know. Nothing whole, more important to a whole, Toretto than family. The whole fucking basis of this character. Right. <laughs> and we're going to explain this to the audience with easily 45 minutes of backstory flashbacks with actors that don't look anything like John Cena or Vin Diesel. It was incredible how much But the guy from Peaky Blinders, so I respected it. That's true. It it was just, they grossly misunderstood what people liked about what made the other movies successful. Yeah, there was zero woman. There was zero (laughs) some bitch. (laughs) Oh, it was mad. There's only a couple Corona. There was one <laughs> ass tracking shot. <laughs> Just the one. God. I got to say, Damn it. I had kind of fun with uh, the the throwbacks to Tokyo Drift with Lucas Black coming back. Oh, yeah. Sean okay. Boswell and, and Bow Wow. A, a Who is no longer Lil. He's no longer Lil, that's for sure. It's just Bow Wow now. I just had fun with Bow Wow like, ate all of Mark Lucas's food. Uh, I know. In the time between Tokyo Drift and this movie. Because Bow Wow, you know. Sean was looking he emaciated. He looks good, but he's, he's put on some weight over the years. He was like, Sean looks so emaciated, you're he right. He was like, hey, man, I haven't worked since Tokyo Drift. Uh, hey, man. It's been like 18 years. I'm a rocket scientist I don't know now. why he's Bill I'm Clinton. So I'm doing a Bill Clinton now. Hey. He looks like he's in Dallas Buyers Club. I did not drift cars like with too. that woman. Uh, <laughs> but no, when they popped up, it was like, hey, guys, we're the crazy part of the movie. That's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Let's yeah. see it. It was fun. And, and there was, I like the magnet was, stunts too. There was, you know, that that car at the, the scene when uh, Natalie Emmanuel's character—I can't remember the name. I'm sorry. Uh, she turns on the magnet and Ramsey's. actually Ramsey. Yeah, she catches um, Jacob's car through the building with the magnet and flies into the back of the the box yeah. truck. Mm-hmm. That's a practical effect. For whatever reason, they Is spent really? the money. They actually had a real car, like hydraulically lifted up drug through a building on a track and then slammed into that truck like that's huh. look it up it's bonkers that that kind of batshit stunt work is what we come to the fast movies for so four million dollars for two seconds of film huh and I, somebody commented negatively because i saw that on twitter uh all that money and you can't even fucking tell that it's not cg because i, I just it assumed CGI. it was right. and was fine with it and it was like yeah, yeah. it's kind of a poor production choice actually but yeah. but good on you yeah sure why not yeah they used the magnets to some good effect i they did some really creative stuff with it uh i agree with you andy the 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 tokyo drift gang were really funny and um i uh chris was laughing um it was basically the gift from Rise of Skywalker when it was like, they fly now? They fly now. Because there's that one cutaway when when Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson are going to space. The Tokyo Drift dudes are the ones flying the plane. It just says... Uh, Sean in a pilot's outfit like alright we gotta get to 700 feet before we can <laughs> undock the release and I'm like and I turned to Chris just going 
<laughs> waving my hands frantically like, oh, what is fucking happening? They Why? can fly a fucking plane now? <laughs> I, I literally leaned over to Chris because he was sitting in between us. And I leaned over, I was like, Why is he flying that plane? And he went, eh. And like, his hands, <laughs> yeah. like that's the whole like if you want to enjoy any Fast and Furious movie, you eh. So that was the kind of stuff that like made zero sense, but it was fun. That wasn't what was, was upsetting about the movie. There for. Right. It was the stuff that like, so an example of like thing that did not make sense that I hated was that scene where um, Jacob's crew kind of comes in their secret hideout base and they're all trying to run away through the tunnels. And Vin Diesel's like, I got this. And he like closes I the door. I fucking hated that. He closes the door and Vin Diesel proceeds to fight like 40 dudes and is like throwing them to their death. I feel like Vin Diesel wrote that. Oh, he 100% wrote that shit. And then he like grabs these chains and he just yanks them and the whole fucking building comes down like he's goddamn like, Superman. How many times throughout this franchise has Dominic Toretto attempted to go alone? I started this mess. I'll finish it. And they're all like, no, we're a family. We're going to do it with you. And he's like, oh, all right. <laughs> and to have him like get to that juncture yet again and just be like, seriously, go. I'm just going to die. And she has to like jump down and save him. Like, OK, now you've slowed everyone down, motherfucker. Yeah. She had to dive 200 feet, yank your 230 pound body up out of the depths of that water while you're unconscious by herself and then nurse you back to health. You know how long that took? Yeah. Luckily for her, it seemed like the rest of that mercenary team just like left the building and didn't give a shit that 40 of their friends just died. No, they were all crushed because they couldn't withstand the rocks and the pressure of the water like Vin Diesel could. Oh, that's true. You're dummy. Right. You're right. <laughs> that's my fault for misunderstanding. But it's like the furious movie. That's the whole reason for a scene like that is to buy time for other people to get away. Like they had already gotten away. Jump in there with her and leave with them. Right. Yeah. Like you can't pull like a Gandalf allowing the Balrog to pull you down. Like he, Vin Diesel's totally like fly, you fools. <laughs> and then like they go jump down in this and save him immediately. I don't know. How does she open the door to save him? <laughs> he fucking locked it behind him. So no, she couldn't I don't save know. him. And then all of a sudden, after a 10 minute flashback, she's diving into the water to save him. She's like, ride or die. Ride or die. <laughs> Well, that was the whole point of that sequence was we need to get me to halfway pass out so we can go back to the flashback. Like, Ugh, so that's much true. Ugh. Yeah, more of that flashback. That's what we needed. I just looked up. Uh, this is the first Fast and Furious movie since Tokyo Drift that was not written by Chris Morgan. So there we go. We have coincidence. There we go. <laughs> it was written by the director. Yay. So last night I said, I think this was the worst Fast and Furious film of the franchise. And Steve said, by a quarter mile. And I wanted to share that with everyone because it was a fun chuckle. Uh, I also ate a lot of Reese's Pieces, so it wasn't a complete loss. Oh, you mix those with the popcorn? Wow. Delectable. Uh, that's all the thoughts I have on this movie, to be honest with you guys. I really do. You, I mean, I'm not encouraging you to not have thoughts. Do you have other thoughts? The the, the car in space was a high point. Literally, I, yeah, I, yeah, it, it's it's really fucking funny. Uh, uh, even though it's shot weird, Andy mentioned it being shot claustrophobic. Everything is claustrophobic in that movie. It's so weird. So many close-ups. So many opportunities to show things. They go up to space. They don't show space. They show space reflected in people's helmets, which was a cool shot. But the fact that that was kind of all it was that was until yeah, that it briefly cut to the satellite. Yeah. Um, I do want to briefly mention kind of I want to go back to our theater experiences. I forgot mm -hmm. to mention this at the top. Gentlemen behind me, I forgive you. <laughs> Gentlemen to the right of me, like all 10 of those dudes, 
they made the movie more enjoyable oh, to watch. Oh, for sure. Because they were 10,000% in on everything. The they were moment so happy. that. Oh, Dominic- we forgot to mention Cardi B shows up. Yeah. Oh, oh, How could yeah. we forget yeah. that? Yeah. For no reason. No reason. And she's like, this is the gun they use. <laughs> And she's holding a gun in a way that no one fucking holds a gun. And she's like, it's got their biometrics. And it's like, what did she talk? Why did they give her the script? I, mean, I, lo- I love Cardi B and I was happy to see her. But as happy as everyone else in the audience was to see her, just that elevated it tenfold. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know that we were supposed to know who that character was because Dominic no. Toretto just immediately interacts with her like, oh, what's up? Hey, and friend. I'm like, what? And why is this whole van filled with attractive women that were just in the SWAT uniforms? How did they? Inf- what's what? Yeah. Um, They're just trying to establish the next spinoff series. A hundred percent. I hope so. I want to watch that movie. You're right. That scene made no sense. Cardi B SWAT. Yeah. Just her and Colin Farrell. <laughs> I mean, that scene makes actual bloody shoes. Sorry. They let they let Dom into the mansion. Bad guy lets Dom into mansion so he can have a standoff with John Cena. And then dude comes back like, hey, you're trespassing on my house. Now you're getting arrested by Interpol. Dom gets arrested by Interpol and Interpol turns out to be Cardi B. Yes. Really, all they could have done. (laughs) (laughs) Really, all they could have done is just like I don't know, had him leave. It was just such a contrived way to get Cardi B on. I guess she was on set that day, and they're like, "Yo, Cardi B, you want to be in Fast and Furious?" You ever held a gun? Yeah, Yeah, I've held a gun. (laughs) I've held a gun before. Let me show you how I hold a gun. Cardi B in this movie. But were yeah, you going to talk about the scene where Dominic's car pulls up at the beginning? Yeah, like you you don't even see the car. You just hear the engine rev and the dude next to me is like, yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> he got so amped. And then also, I, I don't know if this is everywhere, but if you see Fast 9 in theaters, especially in IMAX, you will be treated to a five minute long preview of Jurassic World. Oh Dominion. my God. That yeah, I forgot about that. Trailer. The lights went down. I was like, oh my God, they did it. No. They put dinosaurs in this movie. <laughs> That's what I thought was happening, dude. So I knew going in that they did that. Okay, dude. But, oh but my, it changed my experience. Whoever, so whoever much. created the play, because, you know, you in digital cinema, they create playlists you know, of your, your trailers and your ads. Sure. Whoever created that did it wrong because they had the enjoy your theater presentation and then they play yeah. and then Jurassic. the lights dropped so and the lights dropped went up on dinosaurs and the trailer opens up so the the trailers played out almost like a planet earth documentary where yeah, it's like, i heard david Attenborough's voice the it's entire like, time vista of the sahara vista of the sahara a close-up of what you think is like the feet of elephants and then it pans out and it's a brachiosaurus and then everyone in the theater was like oh, they got dinosaurs and fast and furious Hell yeah. yeah but then like it keeps going on it just keeps showing dinosaur after dinosaur just in nature and then i remember the guy next to me was like is this fucking jurassic park <laughs> <laughs> so it was very confusing for anyone who did not know going in that they were going to be playing a five minute long uh sneak peek of jurassic world dominion dude at first i was like oh my god this is they have dinosaurs in this movie and then i was like oh my god they accidentally started playing the new jurassic park that didn't even out yet that's crazy and then eventually it was and like, his brain oh, okay. and then he's like oh there's a foot in my back yes 100%. yeah and at this point we had sat through what 35 minutes of trailers yeah, before i was already out of that, Reese's pieces and very upset that was an exceptionally long trailer playlist it was every trailer we should have watched throughout the pandemic condensed into a two and a half hour Fast and Furious movie 
named after all the parts of why you hate going to the movies here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It was rough. Here's a bunch of shitty food that you shouldn't be eating. You fat ass. And here's a dude's foot in your back and 40 minutes of trailers. And then a piece of shit movie. Welcome back. Enjoy the sticky carpet on your way out. You some bitch. Oh, by the way, that cost you about $48. (laughs) Anyway, we really had a good time. Uh, I love yeah. the movies. Overall, the franchise, great. Yeah. Fun fun time, you know? So let's close it out with our quick rankings of all Shit. 10 of the films. We Keep in mind, if you're a huge fan of the franchise, you already know this. But if you're a casual fan, you might not know. There's a short film uh, that delves into Dominic Toretto's whereabouts during Too Fast, Too Furious. And that is what? called Los Bandoleros. And that is available to watch on YouTube and Vimeo. Yeah. If you're curious, it's is about 20 like a, minutes is that long. Official? Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. a real, I was directed by Vin Diesel. It's a short film. Oh, good. Yeah. You'll love it. And then there's also a film called better luck tomorrow directed by Justin Lin, who directs most of the fast and furious franchise. And it includes uh Sung King as Han. And it has been said probably retroactively that that is the Han from the rest of the Fast and Furious movies. So it is somewhat sort of in the Fast and Furious universe. Uh, oh, I've called, heard of that. Yeah, it's called Better that. Look Tomorrow. There's also a film we didn't talk much about called Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Two years ago. Which is, is fun if you like the characters Hobbs and Shaw, which I do. So that be, let's just run down one at a time. We won't go one at a time like each movie. We'll just run down the entire list one at a time. And then overall kind of why you had it the way you had it. I guess we'll start with you, Andy. Uh, seven, five, six, one. Hobbs and Shaw. Four, three, eight, two, nine. Nine is the worst oh, one. So okay. you started with you started best, with like a best. weirdo. Oh, okay. <laughs> For a second, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I was sh- shook. Okay. Uh, so are we starting? I'll, I'll say it again. I'll say it again. So seven is, oh, you're, not, you're right. I should have said, start, I'll, I'll everyone in the world would have assumed you were starting at the worst. Okay. So the worst one is nine. Okay. Nine. <laughs> and then two. And then eight. Three. Four. Hobbs and Shaw. One. Six, five, and seven. Okay. And so seven is your favorite. Seven's my favorite. Okay. Because honestly, it's just the most tasteful thing and very fun. Awesome. Okay. Steve, lay it on us. Uh, speaking of tasteful, there was a tasteful Paul Walker tribute in nine. Oh, yeah. There was with the, the car pulling that up. Ending the ending. Was, yeah. That was Beautiful. really good. We still got one share left. And then the tinted window of, of his car that yeah. he always drove pulled up that in was the driveway. Well and I was uh, an idiot and thought it was John Cena for a second. <laughs> Go on. My rankings are nine, two, one, eight, three, Hobbs and Shaw, seven, four, six, and five. So you really liked Hobbs and Shaw pretty much. <laughs> yeah, overall it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your favorite again? Five. 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 Okay. Where did you put one? Uh one is eight. So almost the worst? So so or, n- like nine third and, worst? Nine, nine and, and two, two I think are bad, but like one. one I enjoy, but like I like the other ones more than it. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Uh my list is two is the worst. Uh, the only reason I'm saying that nine is next is because at least nine, they had an extra $120 million. There's some really cool <laughs> stuff going on. Whereas two is pretty much just really bad acting, really bad writing, bad action set pieces and like highly offensive stuff. <laughs> but that's fair. That's debatable. I get uh, so two, nine, then eight because eight is where it just completely like. Like it sucks that eight and nine are back to back because that, that's what exhausted me. I was like, oh, okay, five hours of shit in the fucking bed after you finally made me drink all this Kool Aid. Uh, then I mean, Hobbs and Shaw, 
which actually is really fun. It's just objectively not a great movie, but yeah. I think it's really fun. Then three, which I hated for all of my life until I realized how to watch it. And my friend Dustin, I asked him the other day, he told me, I told him I was doing this. And he's like, you know what my favorite fast movie is? And I was like, how would I know that? And he said, it's three, you'll never guess, Tokyo Drift. And that actually tracks and proves my earlier point because Dustin's a huge fan of anime. Just throwing that out there. So 298, Hobbs and Shaw, three, then four, then one, because I actually think one's a really good movie. It's just point break with a happy ending and not as good. And then seven, six, five. So do we all have seven, six, five in our top three. Uh, I think seven is four for me. Oh, yeah, seven. Okay. Is but basically. Four. Yeah, mine goes seven, four, six, five. So five is the apex. They get worse, but barely worse. Like five, six and seven fucking rock. We can all agree on that. Yeah. We can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that was the streaming things experience of the fast saga um, overall, really glad we did it. And I think we have potential to do this in the future. If you got not, I'm, I'm the one that did this to us last time. <laughs> you did this. I'm going to do you it did again. This. I'm going to do it again. Cause we got no time to die coming up soon. It'll be much no. more pleasant. Oh, no. watch all 20 something. No, 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 no. no. Just the Daniel Craig ones. <laughs> okay. Just the Daniel Craig ones. Come on guys. Actually, Calm down. I'm not a psychopath. I did that last year in anticipation for it releasing. Exactly. And, it release. and I think we could have a big episode talking about all the bond films. It'd be fun. Okay. Uh, and then we've got a new uh, mission impossible coming up. Just don't worry. I already bought the whole mission impossible box set on Blu-ray. Nice. I caught it on, Dude, I got it on fucking Prime Day for like twenty one dollars. Not bad. The entire Mission Impossible box set. And now I actually already love both of those franchises, so yeah. this isn't as like the fun torture yourself thing to it. Um, but if, listeners, write into streamingthingspod at gmail.com if you have any ideas of what you would like. If you like this shtick of the show of us kind of torturing ourselves more than us reviewing hot new films then fuck you yeah <laughs> but also that's fair we're here for you uh we here for you as they say in succession we're here for you co yeah co. so next week we'll be back on track with a you know a, 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 a shit we do crossing stream segment bunch of stuff's been going on and we'll catch you right up so we love you very much my name is chris i'm andy and i'm steve streaming things. live your life happy streaming time. oh i fucking i, I wrote over your it's your live. cool Fast and Furious throwback thing. Live your life a half a... Uh, now I forget it. <laughs> a, half a, a half a quarter. That's, a, that's an amount of weed, Steve. Phil, save us. <laughs>